Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 73. I have the great Rob Espero, and the episode starts right now. Step onto a world where there's no one left but the very best. No MC can test. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. We don't stop. <laughs> What's up, people? Wow. Welcome. This is episode 72 of the Option Podcast. And with me today, I have the commentator of commentators, the king of swing, the master of disaster, <laughs> Rob Aspero. What's good, babe? Holla back at you. I love the Blondies reference, but like no one who was born after 1978 mm -hmm. is going to know what no. that song was. No, they only listen. They only know the remake. The, they yeah. only made the Boogie Down Productions did a remake in 99. And um, I, I guess from 99, they probably still not going to know. 79, 89, <laughs> 99. That's 20 years later, right? Still a bunch yep. of kids. So um, welcome, Wait, dude. I got a comment, though, uh, because Please. you said episode 73 and 72, which is ironic. I just recorded my episode 73 last night with uh, Athletes Unlimited athlete, former USA Women's National Team middle blocker, Page Tap, also University of Minnesota All-American. So 73 or 72. I, I like it. where we're at in the podcast this year. Dude, me too, man. It's perfect because that means you and neck and neck, man. You know, I <laughs> I kind of slow. Listen, I kind of slowed up doing the sports debate thing with Rob McLean. But uh, when your obsession, when your escapism becomes your career, you need something else to like veer away from. So I thought that was highly appropriate. You know, Rob took a year away from volleyball mentally and physically. So, and he loves him some football, loves him some mixed martial arts, for sure loves him some beach volleyball. You know what I'm saying? Oh, former sure. former indoor player at Long Beach City College, played with Chris Austin, Chris Johnson. So, so he's, you know, Austin went to Irvine. One, That's you're, right. you're, you're my indoor guy, and you're an Irvine guy, so you know he's a repeat champ. So, but you gotta you gotta give love to Chris Johnson too, the Cal Baptist oh, uh, six eleven middle who can also jump. It's just not fair. Yeah, well, when it comes to Cal Baptist love, I gotta give it to Saydu first, but Saydu uh, oh. and Shamzu, but Chris Johnson, come on, what's not to love about that guy? Was Saydu oh, no before kidding. your time? What's that? Was Saydu before your time? He was. Oh um, no, no, I saw him play. I also yeah. got another old CBU name for you. Shamsu Awudu. Shamsu, that's his cousin. Yep. Well, yep. funny enough, I ran into him over here by me at the Seekerson Performing Arts Center. Him, his wife, and his beautiful daughter. And he comes up and he goes, I know you from somewhere. Of course he does. He goes, You see Irvine. You were the announcer. <laughs> and I'm like, Dude. Shamsu Awudu. <laughs> yes. In fact, I'm, I'm going to look up that video we all want to talk about. There's uh -oh. a you know the video. It's a, it's a jump serve, it's an overpass. And he hits the Bert. overpass out of D zone. Oh, yeah. Fact. In fact, since we starting, we doing a video version for my people for the audio. Sorry, too bad. Tough shit. Uh, but um, actually, yeah, let's do that, dude. You still watch it while you're driving. That's all I ask. Let's do this. Here it is. This is our boy Shamzu. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> celebration. That was just sick. <laughs> dude, that yeah, was just yeah. sick. Uh, dude, I'm taking my own show. I'm a boss right now. But um, I asked, <laughs> so I asked Seydu, because um, Seydu had, had that on his Facebook wall for a long time. I was like, tell the truth. 
Mm-hmm. Tell the truth, say, dude. He's like, okay, that was Shamsu. That wasn't me. Because if you look at the way they play, their form is the same on the jump serve and on the swing. The elbow right. back and the elbow forward is identical. The way they walk, like the one arm swing, the right arm, the way they swing, the right arm back and forth, near identical. Except Shamsu is like three, four inches taller. So, right. But, um, Seydu, three P champion, NAIA, you know, along with Shamsu. So, Shamsu came to New York. I got to play fours with him and Seydu. <laughs> so Seydu hitting left, Shamsu playing right. You know, my man Kyle. So what did you have to do? Set, I mean, I'm a setter. Those two. Yeah. <laughs> just throw it up, dude. <laughs> That's highball offense. Yeah. Well, Shamsu just wanted it low. He just wanted it low and fast. Right side. He likes. He loves that that red set where he don't have to think. He just kind of yeah. right. Just boom, boom, boom. So. Right. But, right. Um, how about speaking of numbers? Um, my favorite president is Barack Obama, 44th president. Yep. First black president. So um, my first Olympic gold medalist was forty uh, episode 44, Dane Blanton. Yep. Um, first black um, uh, Olympic gold medalist. for Actually, beach first Olympic first gold American medals. for both. Actually, yeah. for both beach or indoor. For first African-American for both. They ain't, got, they, ain't got no, they ain't got no black guys on that national team, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is criminal, well, you know, but go ahead. Dane, Dane is such an incredible personality in the game. And mm. I had the honor uh, in November of 2019 uh, to be the MC host of the AVP First Wall of Champions uh, induction ceremony. And they awarded it to Dane Blanton and Jenny Johnson Jordan, Triple J. Good. Um, so, but, you know, funny story there growing up in orange county um i'm only a few years older than uh dane blanton and uh we used to play down at laguna main beach and uh this little eighth grader would smoke all of my teammates in doubles and myself on that main court beach and it was dane blanton <laughs> he's really so he's a gifted talented mm-hmm. uh, outside hitter indoors for the laguna beach at the time was the artist which are now the breakers and then i uh, had a great career at pepperdine he is one of the two people that have the trifecta, right? He's he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's mm-hmm. an NCAA champion. He won in 1992. Yep. Uh, Pe- Pepperdine won in the, and he's an AVP champ. That's right. Only wow. only so far I, I only Karch. Right? Karch, yeah, cuz he's NCAA champion. He's got the Olympic medals. He's, he's three-time three-time NCAA champion, right? He yeah. won three of his four years. Um, got a friend that played with him, Rick Amon, from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and played middle. Thankless job back then, because I was just the outs- <laughs> I was just an outside hitter. That was just the six-two and the setter setting each other. So yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was him and Sinjin. So, but come on, man, got they got that chip. So right, can't be mad at that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, I liked him. Lo- love him very much. I love the lineup of guests that you have on your podcast. Tell everybody what your podcast is called again, because again, I got, as you know, I don't just have, this is not just a volleyball podcast anymore. This has got legs and arms of its own. I got theater performers. So, so let's educate our audience a little bit. Well, like your podcast, mine has kind of taken its own life. It's called the viral volley, viral volley podcast. Um, I do it most weeks. And the reason why I say most weeks is because uh, the way it started out was, so my dear friends over at the Net Live, you know, that's uh, Kevin Barnett, DJ Roche or Jeremy Roche, and uh, actually the original vision of Reed Pretty, Geeter or Chris Geeter McGee. Geeter is um, awesome. They started that podcast and they had College Volleyball Weekly going on. Uh, and I was one of the contributors for indoor men's volleyball, which I did. It was a great time. And 
um, in November of 2019, um, the, you know, we knew that they're going to be retiring the show because they're moving on to other bigger things. And um, I received a call from VolleyballMag.com saying, well, would you be interested in maintaining College Volleyball Weekly <clears throat> as part of the, uh, you know, what we were doing for Volleyball Mag? Mike, of course, I, I definitely want the men's game to, to still stay in the forefront of, uh, you know, all the people are at volleyball fans because there's not a whole bunch of coverage, if we're honest, on the men's side of things. So I'm very passionate about indoor men's. And from that, I developed relationships that have gone on to play internationally and for the national teams. So, um, but we got started going in, in late 2019. First episodes were with Dan, Dan Friend of Lewis University and Jay Hosick, who's always been a mainstay. We go way back back to his banana slug days from UC Santa Cruz yeah, and man. when he was an assistant at UC Irvine women's. So uh, we developed a great relationship because he also surfed. So that's where we connected. Um, and then uh, this thing called COVID happened. Uh, we started hearing about it in late November. It picked up steam through December and we're like, Oh, that's staying in China. And obviously, you know, what happened in March, early March by March 16th, every single major sport had been shut down. Yeah. Um, So with that, I was still doing the show, uh, College Volleyball Weekly for Volleyball Mag, but I realized like, you know, the livelihood, a lot of the, of the athletes and just the publicity depended upon them playing. So I was thinking about what are the best ways that I can be of service to the game, to these athletes who make their living playing professional volleyball or rely on this coverage. Um, Hence came the Viral Volley podcast. And I need to say that the name came up not during, I wasn't trying to capitalize on the pandemic at all. I already had that name. It can look back at the records back in the summer of 2019. <laughs> you, you don't need so, to explain shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you, well, I mean, that was, I was you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was really balancing. Like, do I call it the vital volleyball podcast or the viral volleyball podcast? Hmm. So I have both names, but it just made sense. I want it to go viral because I want these athletes to continue to stay in that spotlight. I want it to be about them. I never want it to be about me because I've been so blessed and entertained by the efforts that all these athletes put out on the court and come to discover they have these incredible personalities that I just want people to see and know, even though they don't get to be up close with them, that they can see this other side of them uh, on the court and off the court. So um, originally I was sticking more towards the collegiate athletes and, uh, you know, I love the guys over at the Sandcast podcast. So I try not to go into the beach game, but I can't help because some of the people that are graduating from Collegiate Beach are now professionals. So like Sarah Sponsel, Sarah Hughes, Kelly Clays, you know, it's uh, Zanamuno. Yeah, I saw Ka- Sarah Hughes. Um, I saw the episode with Hughes. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, she's pretty outgoing or whatever. And I, I like what you do with athletes. Like the ones that are extroverted, you just kind of sit back and you let them be themselves. They're very comfortable talking to you. So it's one of them things where the podcast, the episodes like that, the podcast take care of itself. There's some people that are introverted, um, not completely introverted, but introverted when it comes to people they don't know. And you're really, really good. I think you're really, really good with like people who they, they, Deep down in the heart of hearts, they want to say this. They want to say yeah. that. They have something to say. They want to say that. And it and it's awkward. And, you know, they're worried. Sometimes they're worried about, you know, how some people are going to think about it. Because in this generation, one compliment to us, another one person is a slap in the face to the other. So, you know, because right. that's how certain people think. But they don't they don't feel like that way on your podcast. And I like your yeah. podcast. And I think that's where you have a leg up on the Sandcast. I think um, the Sandcast, look, podcasts are about interesting people right right um which mm-hmm. is why i can't 
I, I, um, I'm more than just a volleyball personality. That's why you see me. I have infectious disease people because I worked in, I worked at a, at a medical practice. You see mm-hmm. me have theater performers and actors because my BFA is in acting, and I've, I've done on on and off Broadway shows. <clears throat> right? You'll see right. indoor East Coast scene because. I turned three programs that were just hemorrhaging non-existent to like final four and like, you know, contenders. Yeah. You'll, you, so so the thing I like about you, and I think that that separates you from Sandcast, that separates you from, um, who's my guy, Wex? Who's our boy? Who's like our freaking, oh, that's my inside the game. fucking dude, Wex, inside the game. Um, with respect to them, the thing that separates you and them is your ability to get people that want to say something outside of the subject matter Um that 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 you steer into and how and how you guys choose to steer in and out i think that's i don't even think you try they just think that's something you do and then and they're comfortable with you so mad props to you so and i'm gonna well, say like that you have the same ability though because i look at i mean how you and i met and how we naturally got along i see that same ability for you to get along with people because it's about relationships and you are a relational kind of guy you're so, my very best friend man. you know i can totally like can, i connected with you immediately as soon as I had a few words of conversation. I'm like, oh, this this is a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, people are like, so Rob, are, are you Jason's best friend? Because Jason said you're his best friend. You're like, no, but he could, but he can feel that way if he wants. <laughs> you're my best bro on the beach, man. Something what I see like there, that. I love seeing you. I yeah. mean, it's such a great energy that you have for the game, and, and I think that's why I'm, I'm I'm attracted to what you do for uh, New York Varsity Sports. Like, I I discovered you on accident i didn't even put it together that that was you but i was watching your stuff long before i met you <laughs> and i didn't know that it was you <laughs> yeah i watch a little bit of your stuff because you've been closely associated with uc irvine for a while and, yep. and i know you've done some 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 commentating and this and that and at that time i was still with the east coast i left the college scene for a little bit because um i wanted to put my degree to good work and do some broadway stuff but i still stayed in the volleyball loop i still did like high school stuff week to week for psal i still went to um the important like d3 games like if springfield played new pulse tony benia's son tony jr was on that team back then um yeah i was at that game if nazareth played i was there baruch who uh, me and justin stack helped turn into you know from seventh and CUNY, the worst division in, in the NCAA to like a final yeah. four or whatever, you know, got four professional contracts with their players. So, so I've always stayed in the loop. So I've always knew who you were, but just like the face to go with the voice. Yeah. Wait, he sounds yeah. familiar. <laughs> well, Hey, a big news in your area of your, your, your roots today. Did you see the big press release? No. No, I've been practicing. Uh, I, no, I've been practicing all day. I've been doing Fairleigh privates. Dixon has a men's Division One volleyball program. Yes, they announced it today. There is uh, so much local talent in New in yep. New Jersey in that. John and, and from the there, all the way to Foundation. They did some fundraising and they announced that today. A formal announcement. Oh, good. Sparad did something good. Good for him, man. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, well, he does a lot, but I mean, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, man, yeah. I watch Iran come back two to zero. I'm like, man, do something, <laughs> you know. I watch him in the 2016 Olympics, and we watch him leave Aaron Russell. And I'm like, coach, man, do something, <laughs> you know. You know, listen, I'm gonna let you off the hook, okay? Because so people can still be your friend. But I gotta, I gotta, you know, I have a rule. I attack volleyball okay. people with volleyball. I will only apologize to people if I say, if I insult them outside of the scope of volleyball. Okay? If a, someone played like garbage, 
you played like garbage. <laughs> Sorry, you played like garbage. We would have had a gold medal if it wasn't for Russell. And Reed Pretty, who's five and one the last six times we played Italy, should have had Reed Pretty in that game. Sing that, give him his swan song. Worst case scenario, you wind up with the bronze anyway. Best case scenario, you beat Brazil again in the finals and, and, <laughs> and you know, and, and I mean, that's just my yeah. opinion. I mean, Aaron Russell's a baller, but he ain't a finisher. And until he shows me he is, he's not a finisher. Sorry. Yeah, I well, said it. So, um, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, that's been the big discussion is like, what's the roster for the USA men's national team going to look like? You know, because Taylor's back. Matt's Sandy? back, yeah. uh, but Jeske is now back, uh -huh. Aaron Russell, they've got TJ DeFalco in the mix, um, you know, Boy, uh, you, got, you he... still have Garrett Mwangututia. Um, that dude, got... <laughs> oh my God, Mwangututia, yes. You know, I wish they got, I wish they got um, um, the guy from um, Long Beach, the lefty, setter. The lefty. Samoan uh, dude, what's his name? Which one, the lefty? The well, repeat... Kyle Linting is the No, he's a opposite. repeat champ, setter. Uh, what he hit with his left? Who's the Samoan oh, uh, dude that's Josh set? Josh Twininga. Yes. He's playing in Poland right now. Yeah, I knew they weren't going to keep four setters, and I knew, you know, and my argument was, and I'm going to stare us back, I swear to God, but I wanted to say this really <laughs> quick. Um, I knew that they were going to go with the guy from UCLA um, who's really Mike really Amaha. Yeah, really Link cool dude, real. man. I knew they were going to go with him because he's a Spora guy, but everybody's like, no, it's not because he's Spora, because he can play three different positions. And I'm like, not in the international scene. <laughs> he could play three different positions against Lewis. <laughs> he would play it against a Concordia. <laughs> Go ahead, put him, put, put him oppo. Go ahead, put him oppo against Poland. See what happens. Yeah. See what yeah. happens. No, I mean, to me, there was there's something called a winner's mentality. There's there's body type. Mm -hmm you know prototypical type because that's volleyball indoor volleyball has evolved into this thing just like football where they're like oh i want my quarterback to not be 5'11 i want him to be 6'3 or 6'4 so he can look over the right. like like four inches is gonna make your eyes go from here to 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 here get out of here with that right so and think about it yep. only two yeah. super bowl champions are over 6'4 how about so only yeah. two Super Bowl champions are over 6-4. But that's a whole other thing. So to me, I thought Micah brought more to the table. He was more dynamic. He was um, he was easier to coach because he he was the coach's uh, player at UCLA. But there's something called that it factor. There's a winner's mentality. When the mm -hmm. score is 24 up or 14 up, set five, tensions get high and butt cheeks get tight. Who's going to come up with the play that you have not seen him do in practice or in the game that makes you go, Oh my God, I think he just won the game for us. And it's that dude. Say his name again for people listening. Micah Ma'a. Nah, nah. Oh, no, no, no. Josh Tuininga. That guy. Yep. Badass. He dude. Bro at Long Beach State. Badass. Yes. <laughs> hey, for you, Luapati Ace. Ace. <laughs> for you yeah, listening at home, Luapati is Samoan for clap twice. Yeah. Luapati roof. <laughs> roof. So. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's doing really well out there. And uh, Josh, uh, is, is I mean, he's such a strong player. Wicked, wicked jumpster with that yeah. lefty. Where's um, where's DeFalco right now? Is he Was he playing in Europe too? Uh, DeFalco's actually in Italy, and his team, Vivo Valencia, Got is uh, kind of upsetting some teams. They are standing right around third, fourth place in the, the Serie A league. Um, top teams right now are Piacenza uh, and Lube. But, uh, you know, they didn't expect their team to be doing as well as they are. Um, Micah Christensen's team, which is uh, Modena, 
is right around the six, seven, but you know, it's still, they got to go through playoffs, but you know, TJ DeFalco is playing really well with some great French national team guys that are also on that team. So um, coaching's yeah, good out there, man. Looking the, forward to some good stuff coming these next few weeks. The coach, because the coaching is up with the yeah. top two teams there in Italy. First of all, the Italian league, there's not a bad coach in the Italian league, even the last place team. They're all, they're all top notch coaches. Uh, Fre- the, the French players that he's playing with, I know one of them, but the, the junior system and the way, the way they're sprouting them up, up out there, for, at least for the indoor scene, um, iron sharpens iron, man. You can't come out of that without, without, you know, yeah. without a car, a scar that chicks dig. Um, DeFalco, <laughs> I'm so glad he's playing um, international ball because they want, he's the, he's the West Coast golden boy and they, they one way or another, he's going to be on that team. All right. Even if he got a broken mm-hmm. leg, he's going to hop on the other leg. They want him on that team. But I think, have you noticed there's a correlation between players that played international ball before they go back to the Olympic Games that makes them come back a little bit more savvy? You know, yeah. all of a sudden they're getting those touches. All of a sudden they're not, they're not a six nine blocker getting embarrassed by some short dude. So yeah. DeFalco always had it, but you you seen him play some international ball in the beginning. You're like, okay, this dude need to go somewhere first. <laughs> you well, know? I'll tell you one thing. Uh, what people don't get to see just by the nature of, you know, the, the time differential and the yeah. access to the streams, you have to get VPNs and all that stuff. But um, he's got quite the highlight reel just this season. He's been thumping balls. Yep. You know, out of system balls, in system balls. He's coming down on the big, and and he's he's definitely got the velocity and pace on everything he's hitting yeah. these days. I like I like him because one, you look in that guy's eyes as far as when you talk about volleyball and when he sees volleyball, he's equivalent to like this thirteen year old that just learned the sport, and like he's walking on the on the beach with his girlfriend and he sees a net and all of a sudden he lets go of his girlfriend's hand and just starts running, walking faster <laughs> towards the court, not knowing it, not knowing he left yeah. his girl behind, right? Um, he still has that. So you want someone that loves the sport this much mm-hmm. to not find a way to not have that enthusiasm work against him. One and two. Too, you, you want people to like the sport, especially the U.S. We're USA guys first, you know? You yeah. want him. I want him to win the goal. I want him to be the, the, the uh, tournament MVP, you yeah. know? So that's well, why I'm, that's I'm always a, hard on my people. Assessment-wise of him and his personality is so spot on because having the benefit of knowing him personally, mm-hmm. he eats up every bit of the game. And it's not just a strategy. He's learning mechanics, technique. He's studying other players. I mean, this guy is a student of the game, and um, and he loves it. Like you just don't see it tapering off anytime soon. So he's watching, learning, getting better. He's getting this international experience. He's naturally gifted. He's got a great instinct. I mean, all great things that are going to make for a great player. Yep, I totally agree with that. And I, um, I think the better he, the better he plays, and the more he improves, the more that we put Matt Anderson. Is Matt Anderson going to be the opposite? I, I'm not, I'm not entirely comfortable with him being the start uh, an outside hitter for the national team because I think there's an imbalance like like i'll give you an example i believe as a, and i've been coaching for a long freaking time um mm-hmm. not just commentating every championship team has a tandem of outside hitters where one is the most the more explosive hitter and the other is the best ball control guy can mm-hmm. i mean can both of them be explosive hitters no but but there's a role to be played jiba and dante right can jiba yeah. explode on people no but that's not his role his role is to be the leader of the court his role is to be the best passer on the court and you need him to put a ball to wrist line you know embarrass someone who'll do that um reed pretty and riley salmon right riley mm-hmm. salmon yeah um not uh undersized i mean brings new meaning to the term undersized but yeah they don't yep. if you watch indoor like i do and i and 
and you don't. You watch it more than I do. You're, there, there's levels to that too. You will remember that they don't beat Serbia Montenegro without him. Without right. some of those yep. hits and some of those power dinks that he let go by the block. He did it twice. And I yeah. was like, man, you sure he didn't hit the net on the foul throw? Okay, he's good, he's good. So <laughs> um, so then when you have Matt Anderson and Reed Pretty, nah, it's two explosion guys, you know, unless Reed yeah. Pretty wants to accept the role on that. You look at Taylor Sander and Pretty. Yeah. That can work. Pretty. Yeah, because yeah, cause they're, they're interchangeable as far as their role playing. And as far as giving up control and taking control, they're interchangeable. They're not, they, they, they don't yeah. have to be the vocal guy. They can be the, the leader and the follower. So those are interchangeable personalities. Matt mm-hmm. Anderson, in order for him to head outside, Taylor Sander would have to assume the other role. And that's not a mix. It's not a match. It's not a match. Yeah. They're not going to win. So, huh? No, they'll be on the world scene and they'll do some things, but... Um, we look with the talent we have, and with the 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 time the kid, the guys are putting in, and with the international experience coming back and forth, all for the mm-hmm. goal to win this gold. Anything less than gold is is failure. We're not who the I mean, this yeah. team should not be happy with the bronze. Neither yeah. neither the men's or women's team should be saying the bronze is a win. A decade ago, yeah, right. That 2000 yeah. team where like we lost every single match. <laughs> that 2014 where we were short of the bronze, lost to the Russians in straight sets. Bronze would would have been ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Now. Well, but see, we've got the bar set so high in the USA system that you know, like you're saying, mm-hmm. bronze is not acceptable anymore. No. Yeah. And if and, you're going to walk around with a chip person. on your and on a personal note, if you're going to walk around with a chip on your shoulder, you have to win the gold. I'm gonna walk around. Oh, I, oh, I'm on the team. I won the bronze. Get that. Yeah. Get the hell out of here with that. Go kick rocks with that. So, <laughs> no. But if we're gonna have a chip on our shoulder, and I'm and I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna steer the pod, podcast to uppity to uppity people. I'm not. That's not where I'm going. I swear to God. But if <laughs> this you're in is New York, it's all right. It's all right. Be who, but be who you are. You're passionate. Yeah. You love this sport. I'm gonna. We're gonna win the gold. We're the best team in the world. All this this mindset. You come with that same energy. When it's yeah. time, when it's time to produce, you come with that same energy. When it's time mm-hmm. to produce, yeah. What were you gonna say? Yep. Oh, I just say it's like you being tracking the game like I do. It's like you recognize these situations where um, those roles have to really play and step into those moments and really take control. So uh, I mean, especially at that level, it's a difference of two points. And every little action, every single reaction matters. Every single behavior, movement, and it's with rally score. It just made it even more so. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the difference between a coach in there and a coach in here is it's it's constant pressure. Yeah, constant pressure. We are like if you see the Italian team, 2016 Olympics. They the serve was not with the intention to ace. The serve was just designed to make their life a living hell. The net result yeah. was they got aces. <laughs> okay. That was the net <laughs> right. result. So it's really about just tapping someone on the shoulder until they're mm-hmm. annoyed, until they, until they miss, you know? And, and and like you said, um, these games where points matter, at the, particularly at the end, if you're constant pressure in the beginning, the constant pressure is going to get you through in those two-point games. You know, we both agree. We said this to each other when we were on the beach. We were like, we said, I think we said championship teams are not built on blowouts. They're built on two point victories. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) It's all about the timing when you get those points, right? Yeah. (laughs) Jump on the other team. (laughs) Yeah. It's the game um, of runs. How many episodes do you do a week? 
So I, I, my goal is to do it most weeks. But what I've discovered in trying to spread the influence or the, the exposure of all the different athletes is the different time zones because I'm jumping between um, beach, indoor, collegiate to professional to uh, pros playing abroad. So um, there'll be weeks I'll have nothing. And there'll be weeks like this week where I have three of them. So I'll be spreading them out because I interviewed Paige Tapp last night or two nights ago. That's actually out on volleyballmag.com. And then the podcast is out as of today. And then uh, I interviewed uh, Abby Van Winkle of UCLA. Yeah, um, sophomore, right? She'll be a two-parter because uh, she had a uh, um, cancer diagnosis uh, in uh, late 2019. And she opened up about it and uh, talked about going into the 2020 season. So um, that'll be coming out soon. And then uh, got some other guests coming up as well. So, <laughs> and they're all international, like talking to Lauren Carlini in Turkey and, um, you know, uh, Haley Washington in Italy or Taylor Sander in Poland and um, getting a bunch of guys uh, in all the disciplines just because I have a love for the game and I've been around these people for so long. You know, I, I get to meet them through VNL or, you know, the AVPs. Like, I want them to do well. I want to support whatever they're doing just because even more so now with no matches being played, I want them to stay in the spotlight that sponsors will say, hey, we've got a marketable personality here. So if I can keep them just on the podcast and through my YouTube channel there, I will definitely keep them on as long as they're willing to come on the show. Yeah, man, that's very, very important. I'm, and good for you, man. You got that international thing going. The only, the only international, uh, the only, well, I talked to McKenzie. He was in Malaysia, but he's he's chilling right now. He's not playing. <laughs> Dave McKenzie. Um, yep. Edward Tokes was trying to get like Plavins to get on my podcast. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I'm actually going to reach out to Tina Gradina. Yeah. Oh, she's she, a good um, interview. She's in LA, so that'll be an easy one. She's, She's training because her and Anastasia Kravinchova, her yeah. partner yep. uh, for Latvia, they're, they're playing the Olympics. She's training in L.A. Uh, oh, cool. Currently through March. Yeah, so she's a um, good interview for you. Yeah, her godfather Tina is just awesome. Well, her god, her godfather is my mentor, my volleyball mentor. His name is Oldest Lucy's. Yeah, he yeah, went to okay. UCLA in 1979. Um, oh, wow. Fourth string setter. He was on a wrestling team and the volleyball team. Um, and he that's his goddaughter. So um God nice. or whatever or christening or whatever got well i i have to share with you i you know because i i got to meet so many of the international players and i mean it's so exciting but uh, i finally got to meet carol solberg uh in person in 2016 and just kind of maintain a you know a you know just open dialogue with her with stuff and i actually got her to come on the show um but the week that she's supposed to record with me was when she made that political statement at the uh, CB volley uh, volley tournament down there. Tell me. So uh, bring she, bring listen, I, this is my podcast not yours, so you got to educate people. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> so well, uh, you know, they they're not in agreement with their president and um, you know, they had gotten third place or the bronze medal in one of the the major tournaments in Brazil in that circuit and uh, she grabbed the mic and said yeah, get out of here, President Bolsonaro. I, I forget his name, but mm -hmm. um, it was a it created quite the publicity fire, like wildfire in Brazil. So she uh, messaged me and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Rob. I, I need to stay off of social media this week." But I mean, what she's doing is is a huge social movement now in Brazil. 
So, uh, and of course she's got game and she's got some incredible uh, training videos she's been putting on with what she's doing, but um, politically she's pretty active and it's, it's awesome because she's such a great personality. Um, so, you know, I, I just like she would even consider coming onto the show. I was totally blessed. And yeah. I, well, and hey, whenever you want will. to come back on, I will definitely have you will. on. <laughs> she will, right? Because right now you're savaging it, man. You, you're, you're Again, your lineup of guests. Like you and Wex right now, I think Wex had like 11 episodes and nine of them are Olympic gold medalists, all right? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. It, but I think this whole divide and conquer thing, what we're doing is, is so good for the sport of volleyball. Me, I'm just trying to for my podcast i'm just trying to show a different side of volleyball players like for example mm -hmm. like soberg like i would want her on a podcast because she said that <laughs> you yeah. know I, I don't want her to and not come should. yeah i mean i'm the, i'm the guy she trust me i'm the guy she wants to talk to because as far as my objectivity goes goes politically you yeah. don't know what party i represent one well, week, I mean, actually, one week, so one week. I, I give a guy credit. One, the next week, I'm like, dude, you're 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 wrong. I have <laughs> I have a hundred, like two hundred posts, uh, two hundred comments on 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 a post that I'll talk about politics, and they're friends on the left and the right that are mm -hmm. actually having intelligent conversations. And I very rarely had to delete. I only delete someone's comment if that's so good to hear. The only golden no, I have a rule. If you insult someone's character instead of and no, if you attack the character instead of the argument, that's right. the number if you go one. To the number one, attacks, the number yeah. one commandment, the, right? The number one rule of, of yeah. logic, the Ten Commandments. Number one is thou shalt not attack that the person's character, but the argument. And yep. through a year and a half, I've only had to delete like three comments, and so because awesome. everyone, everyone that chooses the post, if your argument is asinine, that's okay. You could use the word stupid. That's a stupid argument. You're not calling yeah. them stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. You're a smart guy, but do you do stupid things? Oh, all the time. There <laughs> you go. But you, you do that. You do that one or two stupid things. Does that make you a stupid person? No. What yeah. are we? What are we? Twelve? You know, well, that's what we need is especially in today's political and social mm -hmm. climate. And there are too many people that are polarizing everything. And mm -hmm. I, I'd rather serve as a bridge builder between the two, because like I know people's intentions are to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But we need to have dialogue and communication to do that. I'm not going to attack per people's personal character. I want to know yeah. so I can explore it for myself and then make an educated decision on that. And I love the fact that you do provide that on your show. So as a as someone who's a host, I mean, it's got to yeah. be challenging not to bring your own views into it. Yeah. What, what party? What party do I belong to? View. What party do I belong to? They don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. L yeah. Well, let's just put it this way: If I make an argument for the liberals. And if no one's no one's ever met me, oh, he's a bleeding heart liberal, you know. If I'm yeah. if I'm I'm pro Second Amendment, I'm big on guns. Oh my God, I didn't know Jason's a right wing nut. No, I love dude. There's nothing wrong with loving your guns and your gay people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. In fact, I made this really cute joke. I said, in fact, we should arm gay people everywhere. I said, just just picture it. I had Evan Corey on the podcast. I said, just picture it, Brandon Clemens, six pack abs, hairy chest, holding an AR-15. And he says on the billboard, only you can prevent a hate crime. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> come on. That right? should be the AVP shirt. Like we yeah. makes it through the uh, qualifier. <laughs> yeah, but listen. Yeah. There's two. I have two rules that make people comfortable with talking to me. One, everything that we say off camera is not shared. Um, right. I am uh, for all you know, because you do. You're you you are media right now. Me, I'm kind of on my own doing what I want to do or whatever, but. You can't, if you violate, if you talk, no one's going to talk to you. 
right? Exactly. If you betray people's trust, then yep. no one's going to want to talk to you. I've had so many conversations with Casey Jennings amid uh, like the whole Kerry Walsh controversy, right? And mm -hmm. and uh, cause, you mean this the one about the the comment the about mask. the yeah. mask thing? Yeah, I wondered because yeah, I I didn't get to follow that all the way through, but I knew it mm -hmm. created quite the uproar. It did because for two reasons. One, and I'm going to take both sides on this. One, because take people believe that taking your mask off in a, in a supermarket is not an incredibly brave thing. It's an incredibly stupid thing because even though you're okay and you're healthy, you have to. It's you know, it's the granny, it's the granny behind you that's gonna die, right? It's like, oh, I'm not gonna get struck by lightning. It's like, no, but I might standing next to you. So, <laughs> the and the yeah. way, and on the other hand, the way I thought that it was un, the some of the attack was unfair. She made these two incredibly long Instagram posts about staying healthy. Um, it's a pandemic. If you're inside, there are different exercises. It's, there's different foods. So now is the time to pay attention to these things more than other. So she's had, she said four or five things in these two elongated Instagram posts. And I thought it was incredibly lazy and unfair to, for everyone to take this one thing that she said and use it as a straw person argument and say, oh, that's mm -hmm. who she is as a collective whole. Right. That was not fair. Anyone's ever talked to yeah. Carrie, they know she's not selfish they know she's not not caring um mm -hmm. but for me just because i like you doesn't mean i can't criticize you i don't yeah. have a set of rules for people i, I like you like me because yeah. i like to criticize yes me. <laughs> no but right, you should never let your contempt or like for someone affect your critical thinking skills you, yeah, you should not exactly. have a set of different Amen. set of rules for people you like and for people you don't so we it was a Sunday or something or over the weekend and Rob and me are on the, on the sports debate podcast. And mm -hmm. I'm like, do I wait for my podcast? Do I wait for the option to talk about it or no, this is sports yeah. debate Tuesday, Rob, you know, he's a, he's a last round qualifier guy, multiple time, you know, winner of indoor and outdoor. This is our wheelhouse where it'd be volleyball yeah. malpractice not to talk about it. So Rob completely took one side. So I Rob playing devil's advocate, um, no, me playing. Um, Rob allowed me to play devil's advocate because he picked a side all the way mm -hmm. one way, and it did allow me to to tell me to tell you what I what uh you know what I said in that podcast. Like, yeah, she was wrong about that one thing, but that wasn't the only thing she said. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. So yep. Fallon oh, Fallon yeah. for no Moana, she came on and she, you know, said how mm -hmm. she really felt, and I was very very glad that she broke her silence on social justice and just racial yeah. inequality and this and that because she she identifies with being African American and not just Samoan. You yeah, know, and well, it's a turbulent time, and we had so many issues coinciding, and that didn't help either with everything going on. It's it's been a no. crazy time, and I think the challenge in all this is somehow maintaining the positive through it all, and that's why I think that you, as a bridge, as a host, I think you do a great job of being a bridge builder. And like, how do you develop your talent in doing that? Like, how do you get that gift to be able to get people to, uh, I guess, have that dialogue while not murdering each other? You know, because you it, it's such a polarizing time. Is that a question? That's a question for you. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. First, that's a very, very good question. And allow me to, 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 because I don't have the answer prepared, allow me to explore the answer. All right. As a disclaimer, before we even get on camera or on camera, before I even ask the question, I'm like, before I ask you this question, I want to preface my comments by saying, this is what I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and I want you to talk to me about it. And, and I don't want them to talk to, the, 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 if they feel like they're talking to me about it and not an audience, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. then they'll be more inclined to say stuff. Maybe stuff that they regret after the podcast is over. Like, oh, man, you know, shit, I made some enemies. I'm trying to get some fans and this and that. Uh, but their ability for them to look me, to get them to look, in, to look, we look each other in the eye, um, I give them a psychological hook, and then they're listening. And if they're listening, they're, if they're listening, they're going to answer. Like yeah. Fallon came on my podcast. She said, "I don't want to talk about this." And eventually, I don't think a honey dicked her, tricked her into it. But I, but um, <laughs> but we did. So it's really just about getting someone to feel comfortable to talk to someone who might disagree with them, but not mm. um um excoriate them for it or vilify 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 them for their opinions you know look don't you think before me and rob got on that podcast when carrie did that thing don't you think that what's the first thing i did i text casey i'm like you better talk to me now or i or i will go on the air and i'll have my own opinion with with no information because you guys had a pretty good dialogue even online and then i i assume that you guys had that conversation offline too absolutely completely confidential whatever and and I see where he's coming from. We still don't disagree. We still disagree on 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 the crux of her of her her diatribe. But mm-hmm. but are me and Casey enemies? No, no. is Casey not want to be my friend because uh, um, he he thinks I'm a liberal and I, and I think he's a little <laughs> nutty on the right side. No, no. We we right. before we were all of these these bullshit things. Okay, we were volleyball people. Yep. Before we were Democrips and Rebloodlicans, we were we were we were volleyball people. I don't right. even look. You, you want to talk about bridging? Uh, look, the difference in your bridge and mine is my bridge is only two lanes. Yours is yours is the fucking Verrazano, and then and the difference between yours and the Verrazano is people don't have to pay a toll to freaking ride it. All right, me they got to pay a toll to ride two lanes. So um, no, but you do that, and I'll tell you why because you I don't know your political affiliation. I don't know if you can if you don't know if someone's Democrat or Republican, they're doing something right. That means yeah. they're just a person and they're listening. And that's a t- I hope I'm answering your question. I hope I didn't yeah. just. Oh, you are. Well, I mean, that, that's that that the space we have to navigate yeah. being hosts, um, because we don't want to take a side. We want to get the information out there mm-hmm. um, and to see what it's like off the court. I mean, because they are people. So yeah. they too are trying to exist in the same society. They're trying to navigate all the same challenges. They're not like above it all. They're, they're finding their way just like you and I, you mm-hmm. know, so I've got to respect that. And I, I take every personal relationship I have, every person I talk to as a learning experience. And I, I think that you're the same too. Um, I mean, you're a New Yorker. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the above it alls won't even bought. They won't come on the podcast. They, they already know what is coming, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, um, and, and that's the unique thing. If you remember when I first moved here, I was doing the beat for volleyball one-on-one. I was working mm-hmm. for Andor and, and just taking questions. Or he only wanted to interview top players. So, you know, I got to text the whole, same person a whole bunch of times until they say yes. And the liberating thing about this podcast is I ask and, and either you do or you don't. And that's that's so unique. And the reason why the other reason why I branched off is because I knew if I became totally dependent on volleyball players and if they all got together and decide, you know what, <laughs> we got Rob Sparrow. Why do I need to be on Jason's thing? You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not left out in the cold on that either, you know, but right. I put myself in this unique liberating position where either you want I'll ask you and either you do or you don't. It's not about, mm-hmm. oh, what's, you know, what's your analytics? Oh, talk to my agent and all that stuff and this and that. Um, no, either, either you do or you don't. And right. luckily for me, luckily for me, it's, it's worked out like a charm. There's a lot, I've done a lot of rule breaking and still survive, right? 
Yeah. I mean, most podcasts shouldn't be an hour and a half. You know, <laughs> I, I, sometimes to be, some, you know, the problem is that the same people that give you advice on how to do a podcast to do it the way, the way they try to give you advice to do it the way everybody else to do it, um, yeah. to, for it to be acceptable. And then when you do it that way, you know what they say to you? Oh, you're just like everybody else. What makes you different? <laughs> I'm like, like motherfucker, exactly. you just told me to do it this way. Your podcast <laughs> should be a half hour. Technique. Yeah, yeah. Your podcast, for example, right? No, but for example, your podcast should be a half hour. What makes you different than any other half hour volleyball podcast? You know what I mean? Stop yeah. that. Stop it. I'm gonna do. You know, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And you, you've already, you're already a snowball that's too big, uh, as far as rolling down the hill. So you've already done a, a nice separation, like. From you, Sandcast, uh, AWEX, and in, in many instances, me, because again, I branched away a little bit from volleyball, but I was I always bring it back home. Um, yeah. Question. Yep. Um, where were you when everything got shut down? I like to ask my players that, but you're a commentator too, so. Well, I was at Merle Norman Stadium for that final duel of the year between Loyola Marymount, USC, Pepperdine, and UCLA. So oh. I got a lot of good footage that day. But um, so as I was right around 3.30, 4 p.m., I believe it was uh, one of the players' dads on SC. I want to say it was one of the, the Norse families, uh, like someone had just checked their text. And I was right next to them. I said, hey, they just shut down the Utah Jazz Oklahoma City Thunder game because of COVID concerns. Mm -hmm. And that that particular duel, they weren't allowing spectators. And that was the first first day that happened. Everyone was watching from the parking structure about Merle Norman. And who was there? Anasaya uh, Kravchanoka and Sheena Gradina, Alex Poletto, they're all watching the UCLA-USC duel and that news came out. So um, the next day, uh, you know, UC Irvine was supposed to host the Big West tournament. That was canceled. Um, and then uh, uh, Monday, the 16th uh, of March, uh, VNL was canceled. And then uh, Tuesday, I believe the 17th, the Olympics was postponed. So uh, I was in L.A. at that that duel that great. If there's a last duel to be at, that was it, because um, it's some of the best teams. You know, got to see some of the people that, you know, even like Betsy Flint before she's uh, pregnant, you know, John Mayer, um, all the UCLA, USC crew, the Pepperdine crew. You know, got to see Deanna Croft before she graduated, went to play Wisconsin, who she just started practicing this week. And. Uh, Brooke Bauer. I mean, all these personalities I've been connected to through the games. So um, it was a good way to go out. I mean, it was sad that what happened afterwards and where we're kind of still at right now. But are you sure LMU is at that at that invitational? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I got video. <laughs> no, cool. Because when I talked to John, John said they got shut down. He was on a plane to play GCU. It was right after that. They they were all so, some of the teams are supposed to go to Arizona that next day. Okay. So yep. And he was yeah, talking. So, yeah, he talked yeah, to were... talked him into finding the way to get off the plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was it was such a weird one. There were no spectators except for some parents who were hanging out in the parking structure watching. But man, you just you could just get the sense that something wasn't going right, you know, with uh, in in society because the news was coming out with the infections and uh, you know first cases being discovered. And then finally that bath, that NBA game. So um, it was, it just snowballed from there. <clears throat> wow, dude. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was coaching in the summer at that time. 
and mm-hmm. I was coaching in um, helping out with some indoor, and I was doing a trailer load of privates. And you cl- they closed down the strand and the beach. That's when I started asking people, you know, where, yeah. what the hell, where is this? And I'm like, damn, just when his podcast was taking off. And I guess the only difference is I went from in studio guest to like Zoom. You yeah. know, Zoom. Thank God for Zoom. I mean, you look, look, look <laughs> no at kidding, look. Huh? I mean, some <laughs> people's podcasts, their video looks choppy. This, you know, I mean, this is. This is this yeah. this res is awesome, boy. You know, Zoom cocktail <laughs> ooh, party ooh, turns ooh, into ooh, a Zoom, ooh. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So and and it also expanded my my guests, right? Like mm-hmm. people didn't have to fly in from Texas or New York or whatever to mm-hmm. to be in studio. So you know, like when this COVID thing hit, I have a person who was part of the Phase One Ebola uh, team. Her name is Kathy Parent, wow. and she was um basically her function is her company is they help vet the process of improve, improving vaccines and medications mm-hmm. um wow uh for the fda They're quite connected here <laughs> yeah she's in new york but um but basically their their sole function is to help companies prepare um the process of fda uh, getting the fda to approve certain drugs so wow she was part of this this vaccine thing too so you know, in conjunction with, I don't know if it was Pfizer or AstraZeneca, but, but that was the business end. But the truth is she's a lab rat. She's, a, you know, her, her <laughs> master's and, and her undergrad involved definitely the medical laboratory sciences, you know, so mm-hmm. it was really cool having her on. So it was cool having John on, tell me where he was, Dane, you know, telling me how he lost Tina to the Olympics. <laughs> but she's in LA, I guess, training, so maybe not well, so much. That's an interesting uh, topic in itself because so with Olympics being pushed to 2021, they're expecting her to be back playing for USC. And even some of the players are like, oh, well, we think Tina's going to be back. But I'm like, what about the Olympics? Probably but not then Anastasia is now training in LA. So is she going to be doing both? She'd have to be a full-time student. Yeah. So yep. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's just not enough time. I mean, for well, everyone's Zoom classing. You can do that anytime, right? I guess. And like I said, can you appreciate how... <laughs> this this year that we would just as soon forget has has improved um certain people you know, uh, certain yeah uh, it's definitely helped us as podcasters all you you just have to have good bandwidth strength you have to have good technology you have to have the clientele lined up already yeah and and here we go so yeah so I was just curious because I've always asked the players that but I've never asked um um you know AWEX. I, I, and, and sooner or later, I knew you and me were going to get back on the same show. I mean, you are, are coaching at Endless Summer and yeah. you know, doing Even now, I'm games. not doing that. I'm on timeout. <laughs> you know, we lost half of our clientele, half the courts, social distancing. So right now, yeah. it's um, Oz Borges, uh, the, mm-hmm. the crazy Cubano, Cubano yeah. and um, Rob McLean, who's, who's one of the best young minds in beach volleyball right now, 28 years old. He's one of these guys that got really close with Rob D'Aurora, like qualifier, last round, like, bunch of times he lost to Boag and Jacobs you know the mm-hmm. last time Manhattan Beach lost to Baranek and Kalinsky who subsequently made it to the semis so you know <laughs> and to our credit I was his coach so our credit is we did take the first set so it was, there were only three yeah. teams that took a set from those guys and we were one of them in the, in the qualifier no less so, so. well I mean I, I wanted to ask you because you've got your your hat in different arenas of podcasting coaching but what happened to you outside the podcasting things? I know that you're heavily involved with the the coach the volleyball coaching world. You said you had to cut half your clientele because of social distancing, but I mean, right at the start of the pandemic, uh, basically everything was shut down. So mm-hmm. you weren't able to do any of that. No, well, for me, I think timing was everything because at the time that that happened, uh, sports debate uh, po- the sports debate podcast was taking off. Okay, and at the same time. 
I have a three-year-old that just turned four that was mm -hmm. in school at the time. So when she got pulled out of school and mommy was working from home, mommy's with the capital group, you know? So, yeah. but, but she, but it didn't stop. She still had to work from seven, from six o'clock in the morning to seven. So it was just this unique time for me and my girl to just go to the park. Park got closed, <laughs> but that was okay. Went to yeah. the beach, the beach got closed. You know, um, it was just this great time to spend with her. It was a great time for me to, um, be, learn to become a sound engineer because the, the person that texts my show, Right, she's not here because of COVID anymore, because of social distancing. So, just right. like every other occupation, us volleyball players have to learn how to be the professional or whatever. Right, like, like, yeah. like Rob. Right, I'm, you're not a sound engineer. Guess what? <laughs> yep. Congratulations, you're an Avenger. Right, you're in a sound. You know, <laughs> give that guy mouth to mouth. I'm not certified for CPR. Congratulations. <laughs> now you, you are. Know? Um, I didn't go to journalism school. You know, guess what? Yeah. You're a commentator. And there's something very unique to answer your question, which I think answers the question uh, and shares the sentiment of, of many like us, our contemporaries as well as, as uh, mm -hmm. um, and the commentary thing as well as players that volleyball players adapt better than everybody. But uh, for every, we become mouth-to-mouth hmm. -mouth people. We become physical therapists. We become color commentators. We become journalists. Um, there's no coach. There was no coach's certif certification or school to learn to coach volleyball. We we right. have to become these things to to make our sport thrive. And and I suppose I'm no different than anybody else. Yeah. I suppose I'm. You know I'm. I'm but it. Um. There was a ton of downtime. Yeah. Where I'm like, I don't know if you know me, Rob, and I'm going to finish my answer here with it with a, with a humorous thing. I'm good at doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at doing nothing. I have. Six video games I have for the PS4 still in the wrapper because, but because of the podcast, my new video game became engineering, sound engineering, um, uh, yeah. video editing. So yep. all of those things consume all your hours of the day. So you got that, the three-year-old, and of course, just spending time with my hot, hot, you know, finance, finance volleyball <laughs> chick from Harvard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but 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 beyond that, the the the, the extra hours, I'm, dude, I'm gonna do nothing. Let me show you something. <laughs> I got a camera. I got a. I got camera four here. I want to show you. I'm gonna zoom in on something. This is just a. This is just a silly, oh silly thing. So, oh man, I want you to look over there. See those video games? <laughs> They're still in the plastic, dude. They're still in the plastic. Look over there in that cabinet. Loaded with video games. Still in the plastic. Right there, GTA Five. Wow. Still in the plastic. How about that volleyball thing? Look at that. Look at that. Look. That is so, cool. So, um. <laughs> so during that time, I just spent time with my girl. And then we started doing practices, uh, different hours of the day and then different days of the week to just distance people out. My indoor mm -hmm. team, Evolution, we're practicing exclusively on the beach. I'm just setting up three nets. So yeah. every time we get close, we have the mask. And then every Wednesday, we have a competition Wednesday, which is doubles only, mm -hmm. which helps uh, indoor players improve their blocking because hmm. they have more court to cover to improve their back row defense you have to be better readers because there's no one else back there so yeah. it did help for blocking digging and serve the serve to space mm -hmm. um not so much for hitting attacking yeah <laughs> i mean right the math right two blockers four yeah. diggers um setting because i don't want i don't want my kids dishing the ball my setter you know indoor you want your setter to have a fast release otherwise it throws mm -hmm. off the timing of the middles right right and um and serve receive serve receive is more target target and timing specific with play running mm -hmm. with the back real quick and shotgun plays 31 this right. and that, that that um outdoor players 
you know i mean you, yeah what right would you just you just pass <laughs> pass anything that could put their hands on them they're good so well being the the indoor and beach coach that you are how do you see this time impacting players in the future well, it could be the end of men's beach volleyball as we know it if we don't, if, you know, if, if guys like us don't keep our mind, our P's and Q's, right? I mean, it's already impacted. Uh, I mean, indoor volleyball, I mean, they can cut programs outside of the pandemic, right? We're, we're going to get into Stanford uh, in a bit. We, you know we ain't finishing this podcast without, <laughs> without talking about Stanford. So, yeah, I mean, from indoor Division one men's educating my, my non-volleyball audience only offers 4.5 scholarships per team. So, um, so we're already the bastard children of NCAA sports for indoor. So outdoor men's, um, all, the only ones that, that thrive or survive are, are going to be the top five players. Cause those are the ones that if you got to go less people they're, they're going to make their money. And, and the, but it, but it, it F's the future of volleyball because, as far as educating our young and, and, and including some of these young, these young studs in, in those groups where iron can sharp iron, where they pass the knowledge, that's not happening mm-hmm. right now. That's yeah. not happening right now. You know, um, here's, a, here's a psychological hook. Sorry, and, and I'm, 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 you, it's going to seem like it has nothing to do with this, but I'm going to bring it back. All right. Um, I'm running a, a private with some men people. I'm, tra- I'm training Oz Borges, Rob McLean, mm-hmm. Rob D'Aurora kid named Connor, East Coast kid out of Long Island. There's some young players that get so good so fast, they're kind of set in their ways, right? right. And if there's, if it's a coach they never heard of, you know, maybe they listen, maybe they don't. If they're heard of, of course, they're going to give them their respect, right? right? So so right now, I'm in this category. If you never heard of me, just be scared of me. That's, that's, that's your option. <laughs> Fear me, he's a nut. Don't mess with that dude. Just do what he says. Or I'm yeah. going to do what he says because I respect him. But, but there's no third option. So my hook was... Miles Partain. You know who Miles mm-hmm. Partain is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Made the draw at 15 years old. The youngest player to make the draw. Did it with his brother, no less, at 17 years old. Yeah. He went from that to start to qualifying for draws, uh, uh, making the last round, if not qualifying, all the way up to finishing fifth with, with Lottman, Paul Lottman in Chicago. Yeah. And I looked at Connor. I'm like, are there people in his group that jump higher than Miles Partain? Yeah. Yeah. Are there people that hit harder than Miles Partain? Yeah. <laughs> are there people in this group that are more athletic than Partain? Of course. <laughs> but yet, there he is. Yep. And there you are. Why? Wow. Why? And there's a silence after the why. I let them take a beat and then I, I don't I don't let them tell me why. Then the next thing I say after that, boom, they got their they got the they got the sound in their headphones and not, and now now guess what? Now we communicate. Now they're fucking listening to me. So now they're so dialed that's, in. <laughs> so that's that's kind yeah. of the way that I've been coaching. And but bringing it back full circle to the whole men's thing, that's how we got to approach some of these some of these kids. You know, we got mm-hmm. we have to make sure we say something that's a hook that keeps them engaged. Otherwise, in this pandemic where they could you could easily just lose your way. It could be the end of men's beach volleyball as we know it. Wow. We have to Never hook thought it. Thought of it that way. But. We have to hook it. That's that's why I steered us off because I did a. I feel like Kanye West for Christ's sake. You ever, you know? Did you see him with Joe Rogan? He was like, "What the hell are you bringing up Brandon Lee and Bruce Lee getting killed?" One, you know, what the one got killed by a blank. <laughs> what are you yeah. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> but then you listen long enough, he brings it back, and I'm like, "Yeah, oh shit, he's a genius." 
Kanye yeah. is a genius. And his problem is his problem is he knows it, but so let's talk about Stanford. And this oh. is where I'm handing the steering wheel back to you because I want you to introduce our subject matter on the what the, the what's happening. Tell my audience okay. what's happening with Stanford. So I'm uh, be as uh, objective as possible because I want like I'm I'm the middle guy. I just want to provide the information. But it was announced in July of 2020 that Stanford would be discontinuing its men's volleyball program after the 2021 season, and they cited that it was because of COVID impacts that they are doing that along with 10 other Olympic sports at the university. So um, that created quite the stir in the not only volleyball community but obviously the other sports because it's you know men's and women's swimming and a few other sports as well that we're all familiar with but they're mainly olympic sports they're not revenue generating sports like basketball football baseball um so uh that was announced uh in july and um the big topic of discussion is well there are these huge endowments that the university has uh why couldn't harvard, they harvard worthy sorry go ahead yeah. Well, so, you know, uh, I'm, I thought the same thing as just the normal guy. You know, you've got how many million, billion in, in, in endowments? And then the other question was like, gosh, just athletics alone has a huge endowment. You know, I don't, I, I'm not privy to those figures, but so before coming on with you, I was like, well, let me just see if they've updated anything since I've been on the site. Well, they have an FAQ now on their site that lays out what their reasoning is behind that and essentially that you know for the main stanford university endowment it's earmarked for things like financial aid um you know at the university you know and other like programs like that so that's their justification for not giving any of the stanford university funds and then the uh on the athletic side of things they've indicated that although they do have this endowment they have nowhere near enough to sustain the sports that they'd have to cut because they, they've calculated that it's going to cost 200 million is the number that comes to mind to sustain, sustain those programs long-term. And it just wasn't a good model. So I'm not in sports business. I'm not in, uh, in collegiate sports business, but um, you know, I'm looking at the other side because I have a personal stake in it. You know, uh, UC Irvine assistant uh, coach, Mark Presho, his son, Kyler, is the starting middle blocker at Stanford. So I spoke to him immediately about what was happening and, and how it all went down. And essentially, they got a text. They needed to be on this admin Zoom call. And that's how the news was delivered. And, uh, you know, I know it's a very sensitive issue. And I want to be careful in it because I know I, I've chatted with some people at Stanford men's volleyball. And they're, like, they're in this area like it's a tough place to be because they're still trying to bridge the divide between the alumni and the current athletes on the men's volleyball team and the administration, because like everyone else, I want to know what's going on, but he's like, it's, it's still too sensitive. In fact, Ed Chan just posted a story on volleyballmag.com just last week with a semi update. Um, but um, you know, the athletes like Justin Louie, they're, they're libero uh, Jalen Jasper, they're, they're opposite from Maryland and Tyler have, have all been going on and saying, look, we weren't even given a chance and um, a bunch of uh, names that you'll recognize as alumni are trying to come to the assistance. Matt Fairbringer, who's the assistant coach at, at Long Beach state, Mike Lambert, Lambert uh, a yeah. lot of huge names yeah. are trying to, to like, Hey, rethink this, give us a chance. 
mean, they have four national championships for goodness sakes, you know? So uh, where it's at now, um, I, as of last week, um, administration said that if they bring one sport on, they have to bring another sport on that may not have the funding to do, to sustain it, even if they did personal fundraising. So I I may be incorrect in that, but that was the buzz. Um, But uh, I I do recommend to, to, to get, go to that, that FAQ page of Stanford and, and see at least their side of the story. But I mean, I'm passionately involved. Like why would you want to cut a D one program with a history, the Olympians, the beach volleyball studs that you've created just in your historic program. Um, so, yeah, no, listen, keep going. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to cut you off. I just wanted you to keep going for the audio, uh, for audio version purposes, but for the right. people watching the video, um, just scroll through some of this and whatever you see, just get on that website right away. For right. me, just like you, there's things that I like to talk about that are in our wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, we might talk about something more sensitive than this after to, to finish the podcast, but right, like, like I said, if I attack people, it's only through volleyball. It's only things within my my, my wheelhouse. If you suck, you suck. If you're great, you're great. You know. Yeah. Um, and if you're okay, you're okay. I don't I'm, I don't live in false dichotomies either. You know. I'm, yeah. I'm a big gray area guy. But I really. But also another rule of logic is the burden of proof should not lie on the person questioning the claim. We are questioning this claim. Why should we? Why should there shouldn't be a whole look it up thing? So here's my question. Head coach has got a full-time salary. Is he getting paid like a football coach? No. Football is bringing in more money. Is he getting paid like basketball coach? No. I don't know if basketball is bringing in anything. I never even heard of Stanford. They don't even exist. All right. <laughs> um, Stanford women's team, same, same, probably, probably pay that guy the same amount that that, that Hambly's making, and Hambly won three out of the last four years. So volunteer assistants. Or volunteer positions, no pay, no money, no endowment. Director of operations, hell, for the love of the sport, son. You know, team managers, mm-hmm. most likely maybe from the women's squad because they're, you know, because volleyball's incestuous like that. The women help out the women <laughs> and the men help yep. out the men. You know, people that call lines, people that work a game, it's, it's very not expensive. The equipment, with the exception of the balls, is already there. As far as traveling mm-hmm. is concerned with the number of people, if you look at Stanford's schedule, the la- at least the last five years, I can, I'll just use a sample size of five years, not too thick, not too thin. They don't travel much anyway. They don't leave the state of California unless it's for a good reason. Right. Don't tell me you don't have the money to keep this program. <laughs> yeah. When I, it's, is it bringing back a lot of revenue? No, but I, I mean, what is? What is? Who the hell's mm-hmm. who the hell's jamming a stadium ten thousand people to watch a chemistry experiment? Experiment. <laughs> what there? What then? Right? What? 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 Right, um. Yeah. What? What? Uh, um. Money is that bringing in? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know. Um. Just like the arts, just like theater performance, man. Find a way. Harvard finds a way. Harvard yeah. actually has more sports than any other collegiate. Um. Um. More NCAA sports than any other college. The, well, I know that Stanford has 35. What is Harvard at? I mean, I thought 35 was pretty big. But. No, I think, well, I don't know the number, but uh, um, that guy said it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Street knowledge, bro. The, where's my source? <laughs> the streets. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. 
So well, um, you know, no, but that's but that's disappointing because to me they were always the West Coast of Harvard, right? Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. if they had a freaking frisbee, a ultimate team, I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, <laughs> um, um, right? Or the high ally. If they had high ally, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> They're very much the West Coast of Harvard. My wife calls it the West Coast of Harvard. You know, right, right. Um, so and yeah, I got an investment in it too. My close friend Wendy Jones, who's um mm-hmm. volleyball player, but. Uh, one of the, the power mom of the West Coast. She's got a son that's a freshman at Stanford right now. I don't know his first name, but Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, has a daughter at TCU playing for Hector. Mm-hmm. So, and she's got another kid that's 16 that's that's going to be. So she's like, you know, she's disappointed. He's not going to yeah. transfer because it's Stanford. And, yeah. and, and only at USC. I mean, Stanford... You stay for the same reason you you don't leave USC because USC the alumni takes care of their own, right? If you right. if you leave you take you live in the South Bay you're never gonna be out of work, you know. Just like just <laughs> yeah. like Harvard, um, just like um, Stevens Tech, New Jersey, highest uh, post graduation rate. But Stanford because it's a smart kid school you're not gonna transfer, yeah, right? To play volleyball and you're a student before student athlete. Sorry, go ahead. See, my thing is that without having the, the business knowledge of what's happening in the backgrounds and the admin, like, why wouldn't you give this program a chance? You know, it just seems like the most logical step. But I guess that got thrown out the window with the COVID concerns and impacts of the of COVID. But Who, I mean, who's getting a scholarship there? Who's getting an athletic scholarship there? Nobody. The most they can do, the most they can give. I'll say it again, people listening. Listen with both ears. Hello, hello. 4.5 for a whole team, which back in 1994 when Jason Olive was playing was pretty cool because there were only 12-man rosters and no liberos. <laughs> but now you want these big-ass squads where, like, you need enough people to play each other plus a third team to come in or whatever. Like, Sparai had, like, 22 people. Yeah, <laughs> right? So any, if I'm watching a Mira, listen, if I'm watching a Miracosta game and some mom sitting next to me says, oh, my son got a full scholarship, I'm a smack on the back of her head, okay? Because <laughs> ain't no way you're going to give someone a full ride. You got to find a way to – it's already bad enough. You see the point? I'm trying to make it's already yeah. bad enough you have to slice up that pie 4.5 yep. scholarships to see who gets a piece my guess is at that time Stanford probably offered none <laughs> you know yeah they just you know go ahead well I, I just wanted to add that you know if if people are listening or viewing want to find out more about this go to save stanford sports.com thank you uh, save stanford sports.com or you can follow uh, save stanford volleyball on instagram uh, they're keeping it pretty active and um, you can get all the information in there. It's, yeah, I don't think donations is the problem, although they will happily take them. I think now it's just doing the negotiating with the administration at this point because they do have a pretty hefty alumni backing. Do you, so. Can you imagine if they cut USC's men's volleyball program, the blowback? Oh. Dude, <laughs> there would be a natural, there would be enough blowback to cause a literal man-made to natural disaster. There would be so much man-made blowback, it would cause an earth, a, a, a literal earthquake. And the, God, God bless. You know, I've been, I've been kind of a hater on USC, but man, I gotta, I really love the loyalty. I really love the way they take care of their own. I really, really love, um, and what's not to like about Anna Corrier and what's not to love about Dane Blanton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so. Well, I also, Jay, I wanted to share with you, but another NCA. Um, proposal came down the line that was also threatening men's volleyball and potentially indoor and collegiate beach, but uh, the football, the uh, bowl subdivision schools, 
had put in a uh, request for the amount of uh, the minimum waiver program for the amount of D1 sports to have, and they were citing COVID pandemic uh, reasons. So they wanted to reduce the number of required programs to, to remain in D1 competition. They ain't going to uh, they, they mess with women's volleyball. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's two the on two, a uh, uh, social uh, out in the out in uh, not inside a gym, two on two. <laughs> uh, there, I mean, you're not going to find a more socially distant sports except for golf and tennis. Yeah, you know, right? Well, you know, I, I found that out uh, right Good. before the whole uh, Stanford situation, and uh, um, John Spraw reached out to me as well as Kathy DeBoer, the president of the uh, or the executive of the ABCA, and we got some information out to people so people could sign the petition, and it didn't make it through, but it's always going to be on the table, especially with uh, the, the economic impacts of COVID. So it's definitely one thing to watch out. Schools are trying to start cutting programs to start saving money, and unfortunately, men's volleyball is on the chopping board. Well, actually, all the volleyball programs are on the chopping board because they're Olympic yeah. sports. You know, it sucks. Like, we don't get mad until it happens because as far as men's volleyball being on the chopping board, when you hear that, I mean, the last few years, it's, it's, it's like a normal, okay, all right, what else? What else? Um, tell me something different. <laughs> That's what's mm-hmm. new, what's not new, you know? And, and, and the crazy thing is, I'm glad they're doing this for Stanford because once programs get chopped they don't come back like i I bring you a east coast uh flavor right queen's college Mm -hmm. one of the uh, only division two teams to make it to the um eiva finals right or or was it i'm not sure car car pierre you know ex Crayo guy was a head coach yeah cut that program program. uh southampton liu southampton you know kyle Mm -hmm. carl robinson kyle robinson played on the national team he was an apple there mike salick one of the better players out there they cut that um east strasburg university pennsylvania they cut that program um roger williams um Mm -hmm. very good coaching uh staff in rhode island uh john harper those guys cut that program so it's like uh concordia the uh you think concordia in california was good Dude, recruit a whole bunch of freaking Colombian and international players and stick them in upstate New York. You got yourself a Division II powerhouse. They cut that program. So, mm-hmm. and no, you you only just you hear it's cut and then you're like, oh, that's sad, and then you move on with life. But that doesn't seem that doesn't seem to be happening with Stanford right now. No, there's mm-hmm. a legit movement. There's a legit yeah. movement. And and if I heard about it, it's legit because I haven't been in as I haven't ingratiated myself in indoor volleyball men's as much because, uh, since I've moved here. You know, mm-hmm. um, well, the irony of it is you're seeing the highest participation growth rate in volleyball, uh, even in, in men's yes. uh, or sorry, boys high school. But yes. across the board, volleyball is the only one that's double digit growth in participation. So it just doesn't make sense to, to, to cut this program. Oh, and I love my sport because the stars to the lowest level player, uh, you know, to the volleyball fan. It's like a family, you know, there's, there's, all right, there's some people, they only hang out with their own and that's cool. But, but collectively, if I had to judge volleyball as, as, as a collective whole, everybody's, there's no wall, there's, there's the walls up. It's like mixed martial arts. You know what I'm saying? Someone wants a picture, someone wants to talk, someone wants an autograph there. They, it's like they, everyone always has time for each other, you know? And, yeah. and, yeah. um, and for the people that behave differently, that's, that's fine. I mean, they're, they're, there's just so many options, you know, yeah. this, the option, the podcast, the podcast. yeah, <laughs> which is honestly, which is, which has made, allowed me the liberty of having, making this podcast possible. Like yeah. in any other situation, if I asked someone and they said no, and if I ask enough people, enough people say, no, I can't have a podcast, but no, the, the option is always this, someone is going to say, yeah, this at every level. 
you know yeah. and for and yeah. unlike aaron wexler who i respect and love and unlike you and some other people um i i don't just it's not just the the players that everyone knows you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. I, I got some underground guys playing in central park new york bernard norman i got um carl france who was a coach of Rutgers, who's jose yeah. Pena's assistant right Net live contributor but, <laughs> but yeah yeah oh the man he's the man you know um eric anderson you know so yeah. so from dane Bla from gold medalist ryan millar <laughs> okay mm -hmm. to yeah. chi dimaggio former player out of tulane who's who's the founder of a new a new movement called i heart volleyball you you're going to know about that this year because we're starting it this year okay um, i'll look for it yeah listen you're more gonna look for it. you're gonna be on it you're gonna be with me because they they put me in charge of california um and and they told me to bring in whoever I want with with me, basically, because she trusts me. So she's like, "You should bring in Mike Dodd or Kessel." And I'm like, "No, nah, I want to bring in, I want to bring in fresh." Sometimes, you you no, but like you could bring in people who who might have, you know, whose star power doesn't transcend two generations. Maybe and Mike Dodd doesn't. Sorry, you don't. You you transcend one generation, but mm -hmm. I asked my 18 year olds out. They don't know who he is. They don't, you know. Um, yeah. So basically, we're doing eight live streams no 20 live streams from 20 different countries volleyball mm -hmm. indoor beach hard court hard top so so far ghana's in italy's in uganda's in uh brazil is in new york is in uh louisiana with sean ladig and those guys louisiana beach volleyball's in mm -hmm. and she wants me to to do the whole california movement and i said the first things first gotta have someone that could call it and i was like rob a sparrow they gotta have oh. someone that could call it and I only knew that because for everybody listening at home, uh, when P1440 was in business, we were doing all of Pepperdine's home games. Yep. And we called the Big West Championship. And we I called us the Fab Five. It was Mike Dodd. It was Tim Hovland. It was Travis Muirwetter, mm -hmm. a writer for Volley Mag. We know him. He's, he breathed life literally on pen and paper, if you will, metaphorically speaking. There's you, who's a savage. And of course, there's yours truly. There's me. So... Um, <laughs> As far as beach star, beach star power, not indoor. As mm -hmm. far as people who knows or whatever, people who are interested because they're a name, you got Mike Dodd. As far as someone's ability to do the job better than anybody else, I think it's you or it's me. It's you or it's me. Wow. I always say you and, and, and then behind your back, I'm, a, I'm trying to take your lunch money. But, but, um, <laughs> but um, as far as she... Chi DiMaggio, and, you, and you'll look at the name later, C-H-I. Um, mm -hmm. She said, I don't care about if they're a star or not. Can, can they do the job or not? Are they good at their job or not? I don't care what they did 10 years ago. I don't care who follows them or who says what about them. The The bottom line is, is he good? Is he good enough to do the job? Is he, is he great? Is he good or not? And when she posed that question, the first person I thought of was you. Because... Oh. I, Dodd, Dodd is a good color commentator, but he's not very good at calling it and commentating. Mm -hmm. um, he's good. Sorry about that. Do you, and, and the people that were in a, that live in a dichotomy of he's great or he sucks, I'm not going. No, he's good. He's just not. Cool. He's not as good as you. He's not uh, as good as Travis Muirwitter. Sure as hell, it isn't as good as me. Okay. So there are people that are interchangeable. They can call the match, and they could do color color commentary, and they can break down. Rob, Rob, Mr. Rob Sparrow, Mr. Sparrow, that's, that's, that is a gift. There wow. are people that do color commentary better than us. 
Okay, Rich Lamborn, I think is really, really good. I think yep. um, Kevin Barnett is very, he's, he's an example of interchangeable indoor and outdoor. He could do, yeah. he could break down or whatever. He could sit there by himself. He takes you through, through this journey. He educates you on whatever and this and that. And I say that for indoor. For indoor. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Because yeah. I always feel like I'm crapping on a guy. And I, I don't mean to do that. Um, Jeff Alzina. Good color yeah. color guy. Good breakdown guy, right? Um, I mean, can he call a match? Yeah. Can he call a match like you? No. Um and I'm, I'm just be being, a dude, I'm just though, being honest here because I know people will be like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, he's a coach here. He was, he was Stein Mesker's coach in the Olympics. No, that's, I'm not talking about what you did in the Olympics. Yeah. I'm not talking about your coach and acumen. I'm talking about can you do the fucking job? Can you do yeah. the job with that, with, with there, because there are levels to that? Can you do that job with a heightened level that this guy can? Either you can or you can't. I don't care about your credentials. Yeah. You know, not, not, not when it comes to other people that never even heard of you that you're trying to you're trying to hook and generate the interest okay yeah. so that's that's where um and i can't believe i'm saying this on camera i'm supposed to talk to you about this off camera it's <laughs> we got a lot of money dude it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun well, king I'm the king uganda's in the uh, uh um ghana's in prince of ghana's in Seydou lives there he's in so wow. it's it's global it's a global event and we're not it's not star driven it's going to be from from the queens in new york that that mm -hmm. play hard top you know in central park next to the basketball courts the yeah. the, the, the short little like the, the lincoln the park short, hoop yeah, game yeah um yeah um to the beach guys in south bay to louisiana beach you know, I think Kristen Nuss, Taryn Cloth, they're, they're, you know, after the season's over at LSU, I'm sure yeah. they'll be down, you know. I had them on the podcast a couple of weeks Great ago. Great guests, by the way. Yeah, man. She's the best beach player in the country. Yeah. She's well, the best. Uh, uh, Kristen Nuss. Taryn, is a, uh, Taryn Cloth is going to be a very highly sought-after blocker. Yeah. Kristen's going to be a highly sought-after defender. <laughs> yeah, man. Girl out of Creighton, man, right? Just her, yeah. her game just transcended in. Uh, Taryn Cloth for the people listening, Creighton, uh, Elite Eight, NCAA, got yep. him, got him that far, I believe, and learned um, beach volleyball in a year, and as good as she is, <laughs> yeah, as a grad student, right? Yep. So they kept their eligibility. Um, their coaches are savages. I, yeah. I, I think we can. I mean, God, we can share this on volleyball coaches and trainers if we start talking about the difference in coaching and how coaching makes LSU yeah. a better team. I think I believe right now, in my heart of hearts, the number one team in the country. Um, it really yeah. depends on Tina. Where's T where's Tina? And and how's and how's that pair one how's that pair one gonna allow allow yeah, allow you, you know Dana do his to do his good work? Go ahead. I, I just gotta add, you keep saying Tina, but they did have a great add on this year in transfer Julius Skulls. Oh. Now if from where? you don't know who Julius Skulls is, nope. She played at Hawaii in the number ones with Mia Hanneman. Oh, okay. You know Hanneman no, 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 no. Wait, wait, I do know. I know her, but, but you know that her and Haley Harward, who transferred to the USC, played in you know five-ish tournaments this last summer and won them all. And Kristen and Taryn have played in twelve tournaments and won were undefeated all. in tournament championships. And they had a chance to come together, but there was a wedding, uh, a former LSU student or a teammate, so they didn't show up to the same tournament that Haley and Julia were at. But Julia Scholes is one to watch at USC, just so. You know, they, they may not have Tina back because Olympic commitments. Yes. But they've got Julia Scholes, who's got a really heavy arm. So this is, um, 
the iHeart Volleyball thing. Digital platform for oh. kids. Mission Biome. It's it's definitely to uh, she's definitely she's deep into the environment. She's a chemical engineer. Sean Ladig's a chemical engineer, so it's to promote health and wellness throughout the world. Um and she wanted to find a platform or a way to do it via sports entertainment, health and wellness, and this and that. So she's like, wait a second, you know, I, she's been in the main draw a couple of times back in her heyday. Her her partner was Camille, um, mm-hmm. East Coast That's talent. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And I like she, a little movement there. Yep. Yeah, her and I built City Tech off the ground. City Tech isn't much of a much of a, a program now, but we mm-hmm. built that program from the ground up. We recruited Patrick Dietz, who you, who you probably know pretty well. He's the coach of Mount Saint Vincent. He's the head coach of Mount Saint Vincent for a while, and I've seen he won Offensive Player of the Year in 2000 NCAA um, on Nekva Offensive Player of the Year. All right, Um, and I recruited Eugene Escoboza, who played for Balmeso, who won Balmeso won Nationals in 2004 and 2005 for men's adult. Actually, I set for that team. I didn't go to Nationals with them, but I set for that team. But they wanted me to pay my own way, and I was like, "No, bye." You know, so <laughs> you know, come on, you just right. paid. You just paid for Batista, who didn't play with us all year, dude. You're not gonna pay yeah. me. So, so um, yeah. So that's that's what's going on with that. But before we finish, there's a hot button topic, and I only want us to I want us to speak in in our wheelhouse a little bit, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll if you and you'll allow me permission to speak out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a bill passed by Tulsi Gabbard, former Hawaiian, I think it's been passed, Hawaiian congresswoman. She's no longer a congresswoman, but she... She was a presidential candidate for the Demo- yeah. Democratic Party. Yeah, I voted for her. She's Iraqi um, veteran. Oh, yeah. Love her. Yeah. Listen, you want... Everybody, no, but everyone's looking for that 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 person with that it factor, right? Oh, we're mm-hmm. looking for a woman of color. Check. Uh, oh, we're looking for a woman, <laughs> you know, um, who cares about vets. Who Check. She's actually yeah. still in the military. She's still she's still active. She's still a major in the National Guard. Two tours in Iraq. I did not know that. We're looking for a woman who cares about education. Check. We're looking for about yeah. a woman who cares about L, you know LGP you know yeah. that stuff. Check. Um, in fact, she grew up. Her family grew up homophobic, but when she joined the army, got a new education on it. And since then, she's mm-hmm. had a hundred percent rating by the Human Rights Campaign. So, she introduced a bill called the Protection. Uh, of Women's Athletes Act, or I'll, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing here. So everyone jumped on her, be like, "Oh, now you're transphobic. You're trying to tra- you're trying to ban transphobic or whatever this and that." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, if you actually read the bill, it's a specific only to transgender men or men who trans who transform to women that are playing mm-hmm. women's sports." Yep. And I appreciate it one because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. That's that's involved in this, right? It's it's good for a bunch of us guys to get together. All right, boys, this is what we're gonna do to protect our women. You know, no, 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 no. How about have a woman in the room and talk about this shit, right? Yeah. So she used um, mixed martial arts as an example, right? I want you to use volleyball as an example because I know you know the player from Brazil, and I think that's where you could take over. Um, Fallon Fox made the the had the surgery, made the transformation, and within eight months was playing in, uh, was fighting in the women's division for 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. Just starching people. Bone yep. structure still there, still genetically a guy. So yep. to me, I supported the bill until they get a better education on the science because the science says the complete transformation takes a year and a half. 
hormonal this and that plus you have to take you have to be on some kind of testosterone level you know therapy therapy mm -hmm. stuff which is a banned substance in mma so maybe they have to have an exemption for that but how about but i think anybody who calls someone transphobic just because they say we need to have a conversation about this is not being honest now i'm Mm -hmm. I sound like I'm siding with women athletes to protect them, and I am a little bit, but I'm not close-minded about it. Right. I'm not bigoted about it. Bigoted is close-minded. You got your mind made up, and there's nothing going to change mm -hmm. it. That's a bigot. All right. Yeah. Um, and as it applies to volleyball, because as a Brazilian player, a male that's now playing in in the women's pro league or whatever, and I wanted to know how you felt about that as far as volleyball is concerned. Well, I, I think I know the MMA example that you have referenced and what Tulsi Gabbard uses as her example. And there is a physical difference, just a stature. Um, and it's dangerous. It, it's not about a uh, former male, former woman, or what you identify as. To me, it's more of a safety issue and an unfair advantage. Um, if from the science standpoint and physica physicality standpoint, they can make them equal, which it should be about, about equality. Um, I'm all for it now. But what we're seeing is uh, you have uh, track meets being run in, for instance, Colorado. We had a, a repeat state champion who finally was beat out. But the person that beat her was someone who now identified as a girl um, and beat her handily. You know, um, and then this, this Australian MMA fighter, uh, you know, she was the champion, got her face crushed in by this one who now identified as a female. Fallon, Fallon uh, Fox. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, to me, it's more of a, an equity and a safety issue. Um, because if they have an unfair advantage because of just their natural stamina, uh, you know, their, their stature and, and their build, which... If you look at some of the examples of where these these the people who now identify as women are, they are just, and I say this, they definitely have an advantage. And to any other person who identifies as a woman, that's not fair. They've they've got a head start on well, not a head start, but they they have an advantage, and I, I have a problem with that. And when that advantage leads to potential danger, harm. Uh, I definitely got a problem with it. Yeah, and I'm we. I say this very carefully because we're two men that mm -hmm. are trying to talk about what's right and what's wrong with men participating in women's sports. And I think the more that we have women talk about this, because the the problem we have is a, a, a genetically superior, you know, person using that using that as an advantage to to chop women down in women's sports so for me we definitely men definitely should opine on it but i think the more women that we introduce into, into this topic into this conversation because they're the ones that stand to lose right right not us i mean well, us we could say whatever we want i mean women coming into men's sports there was a woman that's on the men's that's like on a boys or a men's wrestling team um it, we don't think about it as much because it's a, it's an uphill climb from that and and it's weird and it's unfair and I'm very very prejudiced on my part to not care about that as much as I care about the first um that I, I openly admit and that's where I would say I'm flawed mm -hmm. and that's why I would say anyone yeah. that that has an opinion on this before you call me a bigot and before you call me phobic um I'm not 
I'm saying let's have a conversation. I'm yeah. saying tell me, I'm open tell me, to it. I'm saying tell me why I'm wrong. Introduce. Yeah. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm sure there are people listening that can come to us that know the science on this. Only we're only speaking out of our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm an avid. I'm an MMA enthusiast. I'm also. I'm also. Ex um, ex military, where hand to hand combat and a lot of the things that I learned is 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 highly in, uh, um, relatable. So, mm-hmm. as us as volleyball players, when you have a male player playing on a woman's high net, educating people at home, men's net, mm-hmm. the middle is no as the sides are no higher than eight feet. The middle yep. is no lower than seven eleven and five eighths. So basically, the net across the board is eight feet with a three inch right. difference. Women's height net guys seven four and an eighth. So men's men's net, I'll say it again, eight feet, Mm -hmm. seven, four and an eighth, eight feet, seven, four and an eighth. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Come on, dude. Come on. Stop. You know, so um, the reason why I keep this is the third time I brought it up on 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 on, um, I brought it up previous episodes because I do challenge anyone just to come with me with the science. Let's let's talk about it. Let's put it on the podcast. Let's educate ourselves if I'm wrong. But so far, every every player that I talked to and I made sure my last three guests were female were mm-hmm. like no no and then they've all conceded yeah. that look women there's a reality women are not the stronger sex and this and that and and it's not yeah. the same as a woman wanting to be a fireman or a woman trying to be in Navy SEALs Academy and this and that it's not it's not the same you know? right uh, yeah but I, I wholeheartedly agree with you and but like I said I'm open to the discussion if the science can prove me otherwise hey I, I can change you know, the science, I, under, know. I say the science understood. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I say on based on the evidence collected, because a lot of people are like, no, it's all the evidence, period. And I'm like, no, <laughs> all the evidence collected, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I watched this episode of the practice. Right. And um, and Bobby Donald. Right. And he's like, he's like, well, why haven't you pursued him? This uh, was he your only suspect. You didn't pursue anybody else. Why not? And he's like, because all of the evidence pointed at your client. He's like, all the evidence collected. And the guy goes, all the evidence. Period. He goes, okay, all the evidence. Period. The murder weapon. Right. He says, was yeah. the murder? He says there was no murder weapon recovered. He says, how about gl- bloody clothes recovered at the scene of the crime? There were no bloody clothes. He says, so that's all the evidence collected, <laughs> right, detective? <laughs> so so but that's so that was the my 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 side of that argument oh my god are you hungry yet do you want to get off this are we hungry i i'm good but uh you know it's just great to have the conversation yeah because uh i know although you go far beyond volleyball i mean the volleyball world appreciates what you do because you know even all the chat boards and the discussion that i i'm like hey i know jason your name gets dropped like hey i know him you know yeah volley talk Man, I, 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 some guy, I was just saying, any, anybody but that guy. And I was just like, dude, I got a girlfriend. <laughs> it was a year. This guy had something to say within a year time, like four or five posts. And finally, I just, I have a, mine is Y2Jason23 for mm-hmm. Volley Chat. And I just said, you know, because when you get to where you got to go, Rob, where we are right now, the number one rule is do not feed the trolls. <laughs> Yeah. Do yeah. not the as you continue to your to ascend with your star power and, and your 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 known beloved and and or hated or whatever, do not answer trolls. <laughs> people want to know more <laughs> about Rob Espero. Yeah, talk to them. People like your work. Yeah, people cr- criticize your work. Sure, maybe chat with them a little bit, but you can clearly see somebody's somebody's got nothing to say you know they they went off on you and you're like how do i answer this about volleyball if you can't answer about volleyball do not 
feed the trolls. Trolls. I got (laughs) trolls. I got trolls in different area codes. You got hoes in different area codes. I got trolls in different area codes. Okay. (laughs) So uh, lastly, before we go, the the one thing I also like about you, because I had something in our topic about being careful what you say. Mm-hmm. And like the blowback you receive and this and that, like look 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 what happened to Carrie just saying that one thing in that long diatribe, right? She yeah. was wrong, but but again, you know, Jesus, you know. So I like you because you put yourself in a position like as long as you stay with your mission statement, you don't have to be careful what you say. Yeah. You're all about I'm about health and wellness. I'm about current events. I'm about politics. I'm about sports. I'm about um, something else. I forgot it was four pillars, but I forgot the fourth pillar because I'm old. <laughs> but you, you're all about that volleyball. But you're all about that action, man. You're about that volleyball business. And it, and when you are, and because you're good at it, and because you love what you do, you put yourself in a position where you don't have to be careful what you say. You know? I can react and just talk about it. Yeah, and it's a man. wonderful place to be. It yeah. is. And having my my phone rolling, getting video, I've caught yep. some great moments. And um, yeah. even while I'm commentating, I'll have my phone out just because I can get a different perspective. And you know, you'll see on my Instagram feed or my YouTube feed that I've got some great update or, or uh, highlights from that I happen to be there for. Um, you know that that I'm like, wow, these athletes are such incredible performers. So no doubt, um, being there and getting to know the people is just the bonus. Um, like I said, they, they've kept us so entertained and, and on the edge of our seats. And, you know, I, I want to continue to see this even uh, through this pandemic. When the end of pandemic comes, we're going to be right back at it and yep. having a good time calling these matches, yeah. indoors, beach, you name it. Oh. Um, and that's when all this, all, this other, all of this other stuff we talked about was something I call the other. That's when all of it goes away, man. Your escapism is back or your escape. You're there. Some people use this as, a, as an escapism. Even when, even when your escapism is your career, you can't help it. You delve and you dive into it. And, and it's just beautiful. For me, you know, I mean, and I like the way you do it. For me, I had to do it my way because I didn't grow up in the South Bay like you did. I wasn't able to ingratiate myself in the relationships. And I, and for me, in order for me to put myself in a, in a position and still be real and still be honest and still have my, my self-respect and my integrity, I can only say that, hey, I'm not this way because I'm on camera. I'm on camera because I'm this way. You know, and either you, and either you <laughs> like New Yorker. You and I've learned from my wife, yeah. who's a New Yorker as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, your wife's a New Yorker. You see, yep, you know? she's, yeah, she's she's cute too, man. You got to We both got smoke shows for wives, man. You yeah, know, we, how the hell? How do we? Mamas. I hate to say this because everybody t- says it's about guys, man. How the hell did you get so lucky? I hate when people say that about guys, but in our case, I got I got to eat that. I got to take yeah. that hot L and give our girls the dub, man. But um. That's the that's the one thing I liked about you. But for me, I behave I behave this way because I knew if I did it any other way, the consequences were too dire. Yeah. If I changed up and if I were just following everybody, hey, what are you up to today? Is there you know is there life after volleyball? What if, you know is there going to be an AVP Zamunda? If I'm going to ask all these questions and just and just be oh. someone that I'm not and ask questions and ask questions that I believe that other people don't want to hear, then the worst case scenario is. One, they don't like me and I'm left on the outside looking in. And two, I just sold my soul. So there I go. Yeah. On the outside looking in and 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 just stripped. No soul. No. Yeah. So so for me, I just play my worst case scenario. If the worst that can happen is that people aren't interested in talking to me, that's fine. I, yeah. 
Hey, yeah. thank you. Hey, I'll yeah. find someone else. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you're going to lose a lot of things in your life, but you should never lose, lose your self-respect. And yeah. for sure, when it comes to you and me, don't lose our sense of humor because we, yeah, God, we got jokes for days, man. You hey, know? all I got to say is I love your AVP Zamunda because I just watched Coming to America two nights ago. You did? <laughs> and when you said that, I'm like laughing so hard on the inside. Where do I find a queen? Queens, of course. Yeah, where do I? But where can we find a woman fit for a king? <laughs> Queens. <laughs> Good for them, because they went to Brooklyn, man. They got to beat. They got to beat up every night. <laughs> I love that movie. Good morning, my neighbors. Hey, fuck you. Yes, yes. <laughs> fuck you too. <laughs> so it's true. Yep. So hey, yeah. big, big up to you. Um, I don't know if you watch MMA as much as I do. We got Connor coming up next week. Connor's gonna fight. Oh, do you? Connor's gonna I'll fight Dest Justin sure. Poirier. 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 Yeah. Um, Connor beaten him a few years ago, but it's a one. It's at a different weight class. They fought at 145 back then, and now it's 155. And two, Dustin, he's just he's on fire right now. To my knowledge, he's only lost to Khabib, which is. Yeah. Right, there's death taxes and Khabib Nurmagomedov. You're, everyone loses to him, right? He's, I'll have he's to watch 20. for that for sure this upcoming yeah. week. But there's a lot of volleyball going on yeah. this week too, and I, I can't Where? leave the show Where? without. Come on. Where? Okay. Volleyball League America has a, a it's a men's professional indoor league. It's Loy Ball's team, Team Pineapple, against an East Coast team, uh, Legion Volleyball Club. Legion. It's uh, upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah. So they're playing at the Ball Volleyball Academy Institute, which, you know, it's pretty open, but yep. uh, it's the uh, professional volleyball league that's being endorsed by USA Volleyball. Good. Um, there's two men's yep. they're trying to start up. The other one is the NVA, uh, National Volleyball Association, um, which had a, a, an event in early February. Pretty good, you know, response to it, but... Um, We've got two pro indoor leagues now, or semi-pro. Legion's long overdue, man. Legion's got some very good, bit good talent. Buffalo, upstate New York. Former George Mason guys. Yeah, and, uh, man, they're they're good, man. I um, I remember going to Lake George. I played beach fours, man, and you know we mm -hmm. got. This is when I was playing. We got chatted. They wanted to fight me in the parking lot, but at the end of, <laughs> at the end of the day, two two you know alphas go at it. No matter who wins, you know they they could they definitely like to party at night too. So same night. You know, we were out there, you know, I played with um, Jeff Schitzel. I played with this guy from mm -hmm. Germany, you know, Jacek that played for Cal Northridge, seven foot guy, the Polish yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he, he went, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was out there. Yep. Yeah, I was, mm -hmm. I helped, I was, Um, he went to Bryan High School, New York and Queens. So, so oh, did he? I, I know, yep, that's where he went. He went to Bryan High School. So that's, there's, a, there's this association. And of course, the NBA, I know a lot of players out there. Greg Faulkner, who we know and love, plays yep. for one of those The Black leagues. Panther. Yeah. Um, the oh, how about Zebra? Zebra too. Um, Mikhail. Mikhail Hoyde, uh, yeah. East Coast guy. He's played for the, I believe, the Barbados national team. He's yeah. a middle slash oppo. Uh, Elnis Palomino. Uh, to play for the Dominican national team. Okay, and that's I believe right. two years ago for the men's open national, he won. That he mm -hmm. won the whole thing. Um, they supposedly they're based out of North Carolina. That's not true. All right, <laughs> like Bameso, right? Bameso when we when when they won when we won two thousand four two thousand five. No, right. they're not from North Carolina. They're they're from Washington Heights, New York. <laughs> okay, and all of those guys travel back and forth from Mocha, Santo Domingo, and they play, yeah. and uh, from the from the national team, whatever. The only reason why they say North Carolina because Ulysses, um, mm -hmm. the pro the director, 
right? Um, lives in North Carolina now, but he goes back and forth. And those guys, you want to talk about iron sharpening iron? Iron, one forty fifth and Broadway, Rivers Riverbank State Park in New York, uh-huh. fours. Nobody on that damn gym speaks English. Fours, not for li- <laughs> not for for freshmen, strictly for linemen. Free volleyball Monday night, seven o'clock to ten. And and if you can't pass, they don't care how tall you are. If you if you if you're not fundamentally sound in all six fundamentals, they you play with the girls. Get out of here. Go play with the girls. So yeah, strictly for linemen. So but but that the um, Ulysses, his wife played on the women's national team. So, okay. The, and and her yeah. name escapes me. And I believe her women's team won the same year Bameso won. So but um I'm glad they're doing these pro leagues, but I yeah. I want to well, make sure I, I they don't plug, recruit though. the same people who are part of the fucking problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't recruit people who are part of the problem, man, that that led to bankruptcy or god well, knows who. Yeah. Well, Jay, this is a this is a big time period in history for not only our our culture but for volleyball because uh you have men's indoors starting in the next 2 weeks, collegiate yes. if it flies. Yep. You have women's beach starting the end of february you've got the athletes unlimited pro league which is some of the world's best playing like uh basically they're they draft teams every week and each individual scores points and at the end of it they get to win the pot of money it's they gotta do individual a, stats they gotta yeah. do a draft kings thing for that dude yeah oh so that's coming up God. uh um february through march uh, so this is all going on at the same time. So there's going to be a lot of volleyball coming up, and I, I, I'm curious as to what the AVP is going to do. Um, you know, but I'm just hoping Collegiate Beach flies for now, and then we'll step into the summer for AVP because, and you know, after the AVP Champions Cup, I mean, Josh Glazebrook, uh, you know, uh, Conover, Donaldson, they did a phenomenal job putting that event together, and I was watching every minute on multiple screens. I so, got nothing but and, praise. I got so nothing, but praise. nothing but praise. Nothing but praise for Donaldson, um, and nothing but praise from Jeff Jeff Conover or whatever. I've been I haven't been their biggest critic, but I've 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 been critical where I thought the criticism was fair. And Jeff Conover, we had a little talk about that, and he said, "I don't care if you criticize us as long as it's not unfair." You know, um, I'm like, of course you're gonna think it's not unfair if you if you're from the inside, if you're an insider and no shit that I yeah. don't, right? But um, no, nothing but praise. They find a way to make yeah. three events happen. Conover's a savage. Um, I'm, I might pitch my resume to them if they decided to have a commentary team for all three courts. Yeah. Because um, I, I do believe that even if they say no, um, that's fine. But don't but don't not say anything. Don't not consider me. I think meritocracy yeah. comes into play in, in addition to the what I just talked to you before as of the question of are they good at their job or not? Can they do the fucking job or not? You know, yeah. yep. to me, I, I believe in my heart of hearts, the answer is absolutely yes. I believe as far as you go, the answer is absolutely yes. And if there was ever a situation where on that on a, on a stage as big as that for, for beach volleyball, where you and I got to do it together, I could go, oh, I could go I out and it. die. I could go out and die. You know, we did that for one weekend, Monday morning. I could just jump off somewhere and die. And submit, yeah, we'll do a qualifier submit, court. I'd be totally my, happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why not? Why not do that either? I mean, who was streaming the qualifier, right? It was yeah. Renee Marcellus. Yeah. And Renee Marcellus allowed me to take her file, drag it to this device right here, which I'm going to show you. And when she allowed me to drag this file onto this thing right here, this is called the Atomos Ninja Flame. You drag the file on this, and it, it's, it can upconvert the live stream to 4K, 1080p, or down, down whatever, depending your bandwidth. 
when she allowed me to do that, I stuck a scoreboard on it. And wow. we had a live stream. I typed in AVP qualities. I typed in the names of the people. Um, and we live streamed the qualifiers. That's through awesome. Her. She was there basically to, to squirt the balls. You know, God, that came out yeah. wrong. <laughs> squirt the balls. <laughs> oh, um, you know, to, uh, what do you call that? Sanitize, <laughs> sanitize the balls. Which, by the way, the new balls are great for that aren't they aren't they really good for that there you go i love that distractionary technique yes nice try, dude. <laughs> what the hell is wrong i mean yeah this is why people say no right because i can't control yeah. myself <laughs> rob you could come but definitely leave that jason guy behind <laughs> zamunda that's the one i'm still stuck on <laughs> all right so here's what the scoreboard looks like see that so this yeah i can control this the scoreboard by remote control on my phone or you could swipe on the screen Wow. So when someone wins a set, look on the on the lower right, this person's up. So that's the scoreboard I use for the qualifier. And when you consider who was in the qualifier, you had Ricardo, right? You mm -hmm. had uh, David Lee, you had Reed Pretty, you had, you know, Chrissy Jones, who I hope people continue to talk about. You get her on your podcast, I'm trying to reach out to her, but if she says no to me and yes to you, that's a win. Because I want people, <laughs> she needs, she deserves her shine. But, but anyway, yeah. um, the cool thing about this, this three week or whatever is there were Olympic gold medalists in the qualifier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were people yep. in the Olympics on the qualifier. There were multiple time FIVB and FI AVP champions in the qualifier. It was yeah. awesome. It was yeah. awesome. Great job, Jeff. Uh, great job, Donald son. Yeah, I think yep. he does listen. I think that's how people get in trouble. They say shit on my podcast. You're banned. You're banned. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Hey, well, I've got I got to ask you an AVP question though, and it's kind of like the it's not a super hot topic, but I know it's one that's being discussed out there. Who does Sarah Hughes play with? Hmm. <laughs> and you're you're into the beach game. You're connected to the players. Like, I I have no idea personally, and you know, you know my Fallon connection for Moana. Oh, really? Yeah. Who says she has to play with a big name to win? Uh, it's, it's about chemistry. Look, you got Alex and April. There's a right. huge separation between everybody else. You got two jacked girls. Two jacked girls is Kelly Kalinske and, um, and um, Stockman. I nicknamed mm -hmm. them. Oh, my God. She's jacked. Two jacked girls, okay? <laughs> um, Betsy's having a baby. She ain't going to be around for a while. Emily yep. Day's an, uh, an available option, but don't, you know, don't just go South Bay for its own sake. Don't go, you know, skinny, tall girl outside and you, your right side. Fallon Fanoi Moana, her set location is amazing. Her bump set location is amazing. Her ability to the option is amazing. Her gas tank is amazing. Her ability to start high and stay high is not human because you know for every four points you get emotionally high you're going to give up eight on the low if you're not careful so you yeah. rarely run into people who start high and stay high the whole time because they're, they're they don't exist and if they do me and you we need to catch them and take them to the lab and like examine them because those are <laughs> those right those are unicorns um <laughs> but i'll give you another answer later but since you asked me on the spot yeah who, well, I was just curious because who that's do you, been kind of the buzz who, What partner, if they serve to her, they'll um, they'll make. If you, if she plays with Sarah and you serve Fallon, you're gonna pay. If you yeah. serve Sarah, Fallon's bump set is immaculate. Everyone's like, oh, hands this, hands that. The best setters and still on the beach are still the bump setters. Bump setters. Ricardo, all right, Ali San. These guys are bump setters. John Hayden, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and then then 
do you make the leap to those elite setters like Rafa Rodriguez? You know, yeah. um, and on a, on, on a lower scale, with respect, I'm not trying to insult the lower higher. Just, uh, um, the redhead cat. Who's the redhead cat? That was the NVL guy. Um, Skyler. Oh yeah, They'll Skyler. Show. His hands yeah. are just ridiculous. <laughs> so, so but but for the women's game where there's only a handful of people that use hands anyway. Mm-hmm. Fallon for Moana beat the brakes off of uh, Betsy and Emily Day be- before COVID um, in the quarterfinals to get to the semifinals in Austin. So she wow. she is not there. There's, there's no stage too big. She just needs an upgrade from the other girl that played at UCLA or uh, Martin that she played with. She oh, played with Alexis yeah. Strange. You know, I mean, give give a woman of color a good partner <laughs> give give her sarah hughes watch her and watch her set the world on fire you mm-hmm. know watch yeah. her set the world on fire that's like what, what would you pick well that's why i asked you i'm like i'm looking at strategically I'm like well you know emily day makes the the most sense she's available she's there and she has success but i was like well i gotta think outside the box who else would be other options and that's why i asked you <laughs> scores guys yeah, game three the score is 14 up Sarah Hughes is playing right side. Her left side partner is Emily Day, or her left side partner is Fallon Fournier Moana. I'm gonna take Fallon Fournier Moana. Who you, yeah. you? First of all, you're you're already you're not even thinking about. First of all, with Emily Day. Sometimes she has these left shoulder things where she does this and she faces here, and sometimes it goes up. And you might catch her a lot out a lot of out of system for some plays. When she's hot, she gets a lot of points, but when she's not, she gives up a bunch of points. So. With Fallon, the difference between her and Fallon is there's no question at 14 up, you're not going to serve Fallon. <laughs> there's no question. Yeah. She could have a, her leg, her calf could cramp up from dehydration. You know she's going to take off that leg and beat you to death with it if she has to. You know, so um, look, for big names, sure. Sure, take Emily yeah. Day. You know, for uh, you're not going to lose with her and you're definitely going to be in semifinal situations with her. But I... I but back to the topic of star power and and reputation and what who said what about who notwithstanding all of those things who gets the job done better than and better in that situation fallon mm-hmm. for number one see i actually so one other athlete that came to mind because she's dual citizen is tina gradina all right, everything I just said about Fallon for Nomoana, we're just going to forget about all of it, all right? Make mine Tina Gradina, great blocker. I don't care if she's a goofy foot. I'm just, I think people just, if anyone listening, they just, they just turned us off right now. They're like, dude, well, in you, the same breath, you just said nobody's better. No, no, oh, Tina. Tina's yeah. awesome. Tina is. She has aspirations to be an AVP and, and play internationally. So I'm like, well, you know, dual citizenship. Why the hell not? But then she's. Well, I guess because we now have the Canadians playing in the AVP tour, right? Yep. So, yeah, yep. that uh, I, I mean, I think that'd be a great fit. Um, there's some other bigs. Yeah, Taryn Cloth could come out. Yep. But, I mean, I don't know how she'd Kristen play with Nuss. Sarah. But. Kristen Nuss is the next Miss May. Because that's what everybody was saying about Sarah Hughes five years ago. Kristen Nuss is the next Miss May. And Tara Cloth, let me tell you something. Kristen Nuss made her a better player. And whether Tara Cloth has caught up and passed, passed the entire world, it's because of that. You know, yeah. is, is Tara Cloth the better, the better partner out of the two? Question of fact. But she don't get there without Kristen Nuss. Without, without a partner, first of all, you don't have to deal with your partner when it comes to her. Second of all, anything that goes up and down is getting dug. 
that is yeah. an immense amount of pressure to have to have, for a team to have to side out of score points when you have a cave troll at the net too you know <laughs> cave troll i say affectionately i know my girl yeah. like you shouldn't call you shouldn't call them cave trolls and i'm like that just shows i'm not sexist all well, right i'm gonna call i'm gonna call she's a cave troll right no i'm gonna call <laughs> i'm gonna call alison a cave troll right it just shows yeah. i'm not sexist i'm not gonna yeah. you know put a give her a pink petticoat to wear around base all right yeah. so no but i like tina with sarah hughes it makes them more um, dynamic um mm -hmm. But I like Fallon because the last two years, what she was two years ago and what she is now, uh, she's definitely dropped a lot of weight. Though some some weight is just is just gonna stay in certain spots on her body. Yeah. And that's just the way she is. That is a Samoan kadunka dunk. Uh, yeah. And, and um, <laughs> no, but well, here's the other yeah. thing, Jay. You know, with everyone being apart, not really seeing anyone due uh -huh. to COVID. I mean, people's bodies have changed in this almost a year now. Not Kalinsky and Stockman. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, my in a good way. God. Like they're either leaner, they're more rested, their injuries have healed. Yes, I mean, all those nagging ones that you that yeah. you play, right? For the people listening, these are elite athletes, just like basketball, just like football. Nobody comes into a tournament or a game 100%, you know, but yeah, they just might now. Rob, yep. Rob, that's a very good point. They just might now. You know, like, I, I haven't seen anyone like I've only seen headshots, mm -hmm. shoulder shots, you know, from social. But I mean, you're down there in the South Bay, you're seeing a practice. I guess I, I only see the collegiate girls practicing down at Newland in Huntington Beach. But I mean, the pros, you know, they've had some time off. Their bodies are are, are well rested. They're taking I, care of themselves. Before COVID, man. I mean, they're still doing it in COVID. They're just doing it safer. They're on 16th yeah. Street, not airing anybody's laundry too much. But they move around to 16th Street to 8th Street. They set up. You know what I'm saying? Anyone that, that wants to make sure, anyone that's watching is is watching from a long damn way off. And I thought, as far as making a poor man's bubble, I thought the AVP players have done a magnificent job with that. The Most of them are roommates. You know, they got relationships. I know Eric is with um, um, Urango, Gina. Or Gina. So, <laughs> Sandy Urango. Yeah, but big up to the NBA for finding, listen, because everybody's like, oh, this is real. Oh, and, and transmission of the virus is about behavior and this and that. Oh, the science, that's the science, this, and science that. And everybody's not wrong about that. But the, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's, there's facts and there's a reality. Fact, this, we're in a pandemic and it's very yep. easy to get it reality we're not gonna stay in our house until it's gone completely that's that's a reality yeah. that that's gonna cross that's gonna that's in conflicting forces with the facts so if that's a reality how the nba made a bubble all right mm -hmm. 354 players zero yeah. positive test this is indoor five on five with substitutions the avp they they basically Poor man quarantined with each other. They're all roommates. They've only practiced with each other. They've only played with each other. They've only had dinner with each other. Zero positive test. Yep. Didn't have to spend as much as the NBA. So these are the two examples I use from a rich man's perspective and from the poor boy's perspective. And I hate to associate AVP with poor. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to say that they found a way to do what the NBA did uh, in a much cheaper way. And, um, yeah. and But it's just about responsibility. Stop going to the damn strip joint, dude. Yeah, you know well, what? I argue that actually AVP did it better, but they did, they did. <laughs> Listen, they should, but they should have. You're yeah. talking about five on five on on fifteen person rosters versus two yeah. on two, where they wouldn't they wouldn't even allow a, a lot of the media. 
<laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still media. I'm NY Varsity Sports, and maybe some don't consider me real media. But I thought I thought I should have been there just as just as much as everybody else. There's nobody. I mean, as mm -hmm. far as getting it out there, um, but no, they did it right. They did. Yeah. You're right. They did it better. They did it yeah. better because they knew they. I they, think they set the standard, though. I mean, the people were watching that, whether you wanted volleyball, you're in volleyball or not. Yeah. Because I know that that people from that work in venues were watching the Champions Cup series. Quite ingenious too, right? Quite What's ingenious that? to get a film permit. They Who used did? the film permit to oh, to, yeah, yeah. to set it up in the parking lot, Long Beach. It was set up in a parking lot, and they got a film permit. They didn't get a volleyball. They didn't get a player permit for it. They got a film permit. So they hmm. the volleyball players were technically actors, and that's that's oh. how that's how they navigated around to make that happen. So, I, man, I thought you knew. Look at look how I, I, just, I just catch you quiet. You quiet now? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe I got the great Rob Sparrow with something that I knew that he didn't. <laughs> well, oh that's why man! I'm open to learning every day. It took me two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jay, man, I miss seeing you around, yeah. man. Yep, and I miss you too. And let me tell you something, and that's how we're going to finish, all right? For everybody listening at home, Rob Sparrow might like you, but I don't. <laughs> all right? In fact, I can't stand you. In fact, we're out of here, all right? For everybody at home, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. How can they reach you? Anyone that wants to know more about Rob Sparrow, talk to me. What's up? Instagram at Rob on the mic and Twitter. Same thing. Same handle. Rob Everything's at Rob on the mic. My man. All right. For everybody at home. Volley podcast. Want to listen in and get some of the, some volleyball personalities from the indoor to the beach, from collegiate to the pros. Hmm. I, I try to get them all. I may even have some club people on. <laughs> you're, look, your, your guest list are just savages. And the only thing I can do is sit there, watch and awe and, for sure, just tell all of my con my contemporaries, hey, this Sarah was on last week. Check it out. You know, this guy, you know, uh, Misty May was on with um Wex this week. And I think wow. he's finally, for the first time, someone got carry on. I think she's next week or the week after. So, you know, they ain't coming, they, they ain't coming on my show. They scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, I've known Misty since her Newport Harbor days. Yeah. And you'd figure. Like, Misty, you got to come on. It just yes. hasn't worked out. <laughs> no bullshit. Misty, if you're listening or if anyone's listening and knows Misty, to say, oh, Jason's talking shit, this and that. Bullshit. This is Rob Sparrow. Pick up the phone and say yes. Pick up the phone and say yes. This man is not going to sell you out on national TV. He ain't going to ask you no hardball questions. All you got to do is go in and talk about volleyball, talk about where it's going, stuff that you enjoy anyway. Pick up your phone, Misty May, and say yes. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk to me too, I ain't gonna say no about that either. I mean, but um, but I'm very very different to me. The people that come on my podcast, they do because they want to. Misty, you want to come on this podcast? All right. Maybe not. Maybe not so much mine. All right. Um, yo. So for everybody at home, for all of you people on your iPhones, for all of you people on your iPads and your droids, for all of you people on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school for Rob Savage Asparo. This is episode 73 of the Option Podcast. I am Jason DeBellis and we're out. We're out from Zamunda. <laughs> Come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.